There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Yeah, just let he couldn't he couldn't make up his mind, and instead of uh, saying something, he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm just not con- I'm just gonna ignore his calls. I'll block the motherfucker. Yeah, I'll fucking block you. That's easier. You know what? It is. Maybe we should start on this. I guess it depends where this goes in between uh, if Zach answers or not. But honestly, this I would say this list was so hard it would be easier to just end a friendship with someone than it would be to, like, write your top five Elkline Trio songs. <laughs> yeah, this was this was weird. Like, Wasn't it? Like, when we did, like, the Blink one, it, it kind of came together super easily for me. This one was wildly tough, and I don't know. I still don't. I'm still questioning myself. I, You know what? To be completely honest, and I like this, not to, like, rub it in, because I felt like I was doing that in the group chat with it, but I was so unsure of my top five um, not so much like my number one and maybe like number two, but like I just kept going back and forth with the rest of them. And then like yesterday, I really sat down, listened to them back to back and like, you know, just really started like taking it. I'm like, oh no, I'm pretty like, I think I'm pretty happy with my top five. I mean, if we were doing a top 10, which would take, it'd take way too goddamn long, but like a top 10, I think I could do easy enough, but to just do top five. Yeah. This was like, this was not easy at all. Yeah, if there was a top 10, it'd probably be a lot easier because at least the songs that I have written down, I know which ones I can kind of throw to the wayside and a couple others I'd have to think of. But yeah, that'd be way easier than what we just had to do. Now, did you have, uh, and you, you don't have to say like an album or anything like that if it gives it away, but I mean, was there was it hard not to just pick a bunch of songs off one record? Did you ever find yourself doing that? Um, I kind of more had a problem with two records. Um, there was two that stuck out a lot for me. Um, and we'll get into it as we kind of progress through the episode, but it definitely, it definitely kind of made me really think about like, okay, is it like, like we talked about in a previous episode, like, do these songs, are these songs good just because of where they're placed or are they good standalone? And I really had to kind of go back and what the hell? Oh, I think we just got a. Oh, sorry. Oh. That was me. I, sorry. I just sent a, uh, I sent the group text. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, just call in whenever you're ready, Zach. Yeah. I, I thought my phone dropped out. I was like, no, not again. Oh shit. <laughs> No, I don't know who it would be this time. I would hope Markopis yeah. doesn't have an issue with this one. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, I think everyone's here. Zach, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good, dude. How you doing? No, I can't hear you. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. wait a second. <laughs> Damn. Markopis? No, you know what? We were just talking about that. It's funny. We were just talking about, we were going, I don't think Mark would cut the calls on this episode, but hey, we don't know. Oh, no way. 
know, way. Dude, you know who it <laughs> might be? We get a free be? pass with this one. This could be Glenn Porter, though, the dude who played drums. I don't even know if he was originally. They may have had, like, one more on, like, the first release. But, like, the dude who played drums on, like, God Damn It and Maybe I'll Catch Fire and all that. Yeah. It might be him who will cut out the well, calls it could tonight. Be Polemi. Who? It could be Mike Polemi. Who knows? Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> At first I thought you said Lemmy, and I'm like, I don't I don't <laughs> no, know that no, no. Lemmy. I wonder if Lemmy was fuck. an Alkaline Trail fan, and I wonder if he would go to that grade of lengths for his spirit to, like, fuck yeah. with our phone call. Like, he has to come from the yeah. afterlife or wherever ghosts hang out, quite frankly. I don't know. but And actually, you know what? As much as this sounds like blabber, we're talking about Alkaline Trail, so this is right on uh, – this is on brand. Fucking ghosts and graveyards and like black cats and the number thirteen and all that bullshit. But uh, I I don't know. This is uh, if you're listening here, we've been talking for a few seconds. If you're uh, too stupid to figure it out, this is our top five alkaline trio songs. And uh, I love doing these as always. Here we got with us Kyle Steven, Zach Gorsheski, our buddies. Who uh, I don't know. I think I don't think I've done a top five without you dudes and i don't know that i could without you i i would feel uh i'd feel Aww. it'd feel wrong you know what i mean it'd feel nasty i'd feel dirty the whole time i need a bath Ooh. after you know what i mean they'd just be like this is kind of fucked like you know where are my support where are my support dudes you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's how we uh that's how we start this i will i will say we know these always go long so i mean I thought on this we would probably cut the fat out and just go straight into our like top five list, like get straight into this. And yeah. uh, fuck, who should? Uh, I don't know. Does anyone want to go first? I mean, you, someone can jump up if they want. I, I'll just uh, have to say I've been in. Uh, we've had a group chat all week, and Kyle seems extremely excited about his list. So I'm really actually interested in knowing Kyle's list. So I kind of want Kyle to go first. You know what? He should. But before he does, you just you just kind of like reminded me of that before we get into it. I will be interested. This is almost like a four. I don't know if it's a forewarning. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. But I am wondering the one fear that has been going through, you know, I mean, just rampantly going through the group chat, you know, these wild rumors there's a chance of overlap here. We don't know for sure. No one knows each other's list. We have kept it uh, private because I don't. I think there's a better reaction. It's more genuine if we uh, don't know beforehand. But you know, I agree. Yeah, like as we talk though, we've talked about our favorite albums and eras of the band and shit. I could see see me before we get into it. I still think it's going to be me and Kyle who have one or two that overlap. But who knows? It could go the other way. I mean, you know, we, we all remember the, the travesty of the Blink episode. That might happen, but hey, whatevs. But, uh, but Kyle, I think Zach is absolutely right. I think you need to, like, you need to set this shit on fire. You need to start it, dude. So you do the honors. You cut the ribbon. What is your top five? What is number five on your top five Alkaline Trio songs? Oh, boy. The pressure. Fuck. It's on, dude. Um, right? I got green. All right. Um, my first, my number five is the opening track from My Shame is True. She Lied to the FBI. Ooh. Ooh. Really good yeah. one. That's a, that's a great one. I love that song. I'd say that's the it, best one on, on My Shame is True. I, I think they may right off the – well, 
I don't know. Now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking about Warhol. But if it's not, oh, yeah. I would say that uh, FBI is at least my second favorite. Very underrated opener for them. Oh, yeah, I listen to it all the time. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a wild like it's a wild song just because a it's it's pretty short. You know, it's un, it cuts under three minutes, which I really like when it comes to like music within this genre. I like songs that kind of just cut straight to the point. And lyrically and musically, it is so absurdly simple and like relatively repetitive because it's very much the first two verses are identical. And yeah. the only big difference is just a bridge. And I think there's something so unique about just having a song that is that simple and still drives home like, I don't know, just a really good relatable aspect to it. Because I feel like we've all been or at least some of us may have been in a situation where we're, you know, kind of like what the lyrics are, you know, you're kind of sticking up for someone and kind of putting yourself in the fire, like good or bad. And more likely than not, if you end up getting caught in a fucked up situation and you're just screwed, but you're like, I'm glad I did that for better or for worse. Well, I mean, not just that, but I've committed a lot of federal offenses for girls before. So, <laughs> so this is uh, on your radio yeah, show, man. Yeah. Your and podcast too, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, uh, I, I mean the, the, the my, uh, I think it was my grandfather who told me the fastest way to a girl's heart is a uh, federal crimes. So, uh, oh, no. I I've listened, I've listened to that. Well, I, no, you know what I was thinking about that dude. And you're right. The simplicity is what I love. And also, there's a weird thing. I don't know if you guys are big social distortion fans or if you hear it, but there is a part of it where there's there's a part that almost sounds, I think it's like the guitar, like where it's at, where it's kind of clean, it's kind of dirty. Like, I feel like it's a different tone from Matt, and something about it just reminds me of uh, social distortion a little. But I wanted to bring up, you were talking about, like, that simplicity, and it kind of has this, like, you know, the, the verses, you know, repeat each other and whatnot. I almost, you know, a song that I never connected to before, but I think is also kind of an example of this is off Damnesia, but Old English 800, because it has this really, it has a sing-along structure. It does the same thing as, as this song does. Like structurally, it's set up about the same. And again, it's another one where it's kind of these funny, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of tongue in cheek, like Matt Skiba, which I think we're going to talk about this a ton because I know I've had this written down on, I think, almost every song in my top five, but like, he's very good at writing lyrics that if you didn't, like he needs really a lot of compliments on this. If he didn't pull it off the right way, his lyrics could sound so fucking cheesy. Like she lied to the FBI could honestly be such a terrible song, but like, he's (laughs) so clever at the lyrics and really just making it that simple kind of, you know what? I'll take it even further back. Remember on the blink episode, we were talking about like demented nursery rhymes. I don't know that it's that far off of that. I mean, really it kind of has that like, the melody and everything about it. It's simple. Oh, yeah. It's sing along. It's, I mean, as far as chord progressions go, like the, it's just that simple one, four, five. I mean, it's like, it's just this simple three chord punk with just these really for both of them, old English too. I mean, it's a song about fucking shitty forties and it's a great song. It's a great sing along and kind of the same with she yeah. lied to the FBI, which I will say too. I'll be completely honest, Kyle. I think you're, you're onto what you were saying. Like, like doing something for a girl or whatever, you know, just getting in a fucked up situation. It's funny 
Because I never, I look at it so seriously that I've never thought of this song in metaphors, which I think he's probably actually doing. I think you, I think more than likely this is supposed to be kind of taken that way. I mean, is is that what you both take? Is you think this song is more metaphorically, or do you think he's kind of going back and forth and being like, you know, it's kind of, it's literal or telling a story, but it's also like, hey, you know, it's that we're getting deep, man. Like it's a fucking metaphor for love or something as well. You know, it's a metaphor. You think so? You know what? Yeah, it's the the, the crazy thing about Skiba specifically when it comes to like trio stuff is that almost all of his songs, like, yes, there's like a simple meaning that you can kind of understand, but there's so much open to interpretation on like his lyrics. I'm like, what, what, whether he is actually telling a real story or if it's a little tongue in cheek or whatever. And I think it's so unique that like you can listen to one of his songs and have a completely different point of view of what he's actually saying compared to anyone else. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, I mean like that I have that written down for a few songs too. Like well that actually going back to the group chat, that that comment I sent to you guys earlier, I won't give away what song it was, but I remember looking up the lyrics to it today and like no one could agree on what it was about, but I don't think anyone was wrong. There was like three or four different like meanings through all these comments where people were like, It's about this. No, it's about this, no, it's about this. But at the end of the day, I don't really know if any of them are wrong. I think he he kind of does do that where he's kind of has that multitudes of like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of playing around with it. Like, you know, obviously he likes the dark humor and shit and he'll throw that in. But it's like there is kind of that mixture of reality. And uh, and actually, too, I mean, on on that record, particularly, I think he said that's like a breakup album. So, I mean, I could I could oh, yeah. also see where going back mm-hmm. to the metaphor like, yeah, that that would be I could see where that song taking that in account. That is that kind of record. I could totally see where, yeah, maybe maybe that is uh, more of a metaphor than uh, than just a song about committing federal crimes for a girl. You know, and the the other thing too with this record, like it does feel more, and I guess it is actually more like a modern Alkaline Trio record. But like, even with that said, the crazy shit is that record's like eight years old now. When you, mm-hmm. it, I think it's been out like eight years now. It's so like almost a decade. It's it's mm-hmm. insane. How is it, you know, before we get back on the songs, I guess we can talk about this for a second. How is that album aged for you guys? I, I think as time has went on, I still really like it, but I think like half of the record's really solid, and the other half, well, I don't think it's bad. I'll just kind of skip. Yeah. Before I give you my answer, I want to know your answer. What half of the album are you kind of skipping? Like the second well, he, half or the first half? No, now here, and I was about to correct myself too. I will say this. It's more of picked out songs. It's not so much a succession like side A or side B. Okay. I would say, I, I can't remember, say there's like 12 or 13 songs on the record. I'd say there's probably seven that I will, if I put the record on, I'll listen to. And then there's probably four or five that I might just hit skip on. And again, they're not gotcha. they're not even terrible. Because there's a few songs on like Crimson that I think are just not very good songs. There's a, There's a couple albums that have a few songs where I'm like, those aren't good songs. Whereas with this record, I'm just more of, eh, they're just not my thing. You know, it's not so much of them not being, uh, same with this addiction. I think this addiction has a few duds on it where this one, I don't think there's so much duds as it's just like, yeah, they're just not, I'm just not as into them now. Yeah. I want to make a point. I know we were talking about earlier how, uh, she lies to the FBI, but it really work if like, it wasn't for like Matt Skiba's like clever lyricism. Yeah. Um, 
But I also think another song that's just like that uh, is Kiss You to Death, because honestly, that song should not be good, but it's good. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> that That is... He is a master at this, and I know we're we're far from the first people to say this, but I mean, forever he's been doing that. I mean, Madam Madam Me, if you want to go a little further back to like a, a even earlier one, mm-hmm. that's another one where if you go read a lot of those lyrics, you're like, this shouldn't be good at all. Like if you if you couldn't deliver this, if you didn't have the confidence, and I think that's another part. Dude, of it. he has so much confidence. Yeah, I was actually, uh, you gotta deliver it with I was, confidence. I was actually watching. Uh, your favorite performance that's ironic it's <laughs> the not, halloween uh, one the halloween because you yeah, know I don't think it's, it's my good. favorite is it that's okay i i personally really like it but i was watching that a little bit with uh the lady i've been seeing and she was like wow that guy has a lot of confidence just to be like guttural screaming like that well and, uh, and the other thing too to his credit even though i don't think the performance is great on there he's also doing that with all that fucking black makeup and shit on him in that in oh, that dude, show. yeah true the eyes <laughs> yeah yeah around the eyes and stuff kind of doing the gerard yeah. way like kind of doing the my chemical romance shit a few years before my chemical romance did i know oh, yeah. man fucking goth stealing posers yeah, and I have that. I actually have that DVD of that of that particular show. How and do you? I haven't watched it in a long time, but yeah, it is so good. See, I maybe I I'm, maybe I'm in the minority. I'm just like I Dude, feel like it. Yeah. Was, maybe I am. Bro. I feel like it was an in an it was an era where. And here's the other thing too. Derek Grant's on it, right? At that point, he's in the band. The new band, the new drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listening to it, I think that's the other thing. Derek Grant's an amazing drummer, but I think he was still new to the band. I think he was still kind of getting used to it. I And I also think it was going into that era where Matt Skiba started having a weird... I don't know what the fuck happened to his voice. I don't know if he did that on... If he was singing that way intentionally. I don't know what, but his voice started going. It's kind of tinny, too, if I'm remembering it. Like, it just doesn't... His tone's not that great. It's just everything about it. I mean, I, I love the songs. It, it's, as, it's far as, as far as the set list yeah. goes, it's a good set of songs, but I don't think it's their best. I don't think it's their best performance, but I'm not shitting on them either. I mean, there's, they're good live. Every time I've seen them live in person, I've never left disappointed. Like they can be a great live band. I just don't think that was their, uh, their best like performance. I don't know. If that's the one I'd put on a DVD is what I'm saying. Kyle, I'll tell yeah, you something but- funny. Uh, real quick, uh, I got that DVD at like a, like just like you know one of those like CD stores, secondhand CD stores, and I was like looking around. And I found that DVD. I was gonna give it to Anthony as a gift, and then he was like, "That's the worst trio performance ever." I was like, "Oh wow, <laughs> gotta make <laughs> then, me look uh, like a fucking dick." <laughs> but bro, but it's my favorite, so I kept it and I watch it still. <laughs> Damn, so, dude! I mean, it worked. It worked out, man. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, it did it. It worked out for everyone. My hatred for that performance. One man's trash is another man's treasure, basically. True, true, man. <laughs> see, I put that yeah. movie on like every time around October. It's one. Of, it's kind of like a ritual. No, you guys. This, yeah, was, this was all. This was all just a subtle way for uh, Zach to say that he bought me a gift and that I was a fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> tearing me down to build yourself up i see what you're doing ah oh, shit <laughs> this is gonna be a really hostile episode no nah, this oh, no. <laughs> no no we're all we're all fucking good anything else i guess i guess as we're pretending to be passive aggressive at one another i'm gonna say maybe we're uh going down down a different path here so getting back to the song um any anything else for she lied to the fbi i mean i i gotta agree 
great song and I think one of their best openers. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Like I I I can I can go on a little bit more about this song, but there's really not much of like new info. Just be like repeating everything that's already been said. Anything uh, for you, Zach? Or shall we? Uh, if not, actually, Zach, you can uh, you can do the next one. You can give your number five if you don't have anything else for uh, FBI. Uh, no, I'm good. So uh, I guess. I'll lead into it. Uh, so I'll preface this. It's 2009. LimeWire is still around. And this is the first Alkaline Trio song I've ever heard. And uh, it was like, it, you know, like the days where you would uh, go on YouTube and like, I don't know if you ever did this, but I would literally search bands that sound like Blink-182 and they would have these videos and they, it would just like, like scroll through these bands and play like clips of like their hit songs. And then that's kind of like how I discovered bands for like a year at a really young age. I I did that. uh, Not, not so much looking up like that, like a title per se, but like I, I have found tons of bands through like the recommended videos and shit you get from just what you do look up. So I I, I do know what you're talking about. So I found like uh, this song on there and I haven't said it's a song title yet. I'm leading into it. Uh, but I just remember it being like really good. And, uh, there's a little excessive use in the chorus of the word, uh, the F bomb, you know? So that's exciting to a 13 year old. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know, man. It just, I think it's like one of my favorite alkaline trio songs just because it's the first one I ever heard. And it's just really nostalgic for me. And, it's not everyone's favorite. It was a single, like a really popular one, I think. Um, but it is We've Had Enough. Oh, nice. And I really like that song. Uh, it's it's not too slow, but it's also kind of uh, in the era where they had some really polished production. So, I don't know. It just It, it just holds a really nostalgic place for me. Uh, I I really like the way the guitars sound, you know, just like distort all the way through. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's only like playing like octave chords, like sliding up and down the neck for that, like, like riff he's doing in the beginning. So I thought that was kind of cool. It almost reminds me of, um, I don't know, we weren't going to do the comparison to Tom DeLonge, but I hear I'm going to do it. <laughs> It, it kind of reminds me of um, like all of this, uh, where it's like like he's just like that. fastly moving octave chords, or like the end of Easy Target. Yeah. Mm. Um. So okay. when I because I play that song and I like to play that song on guitar, and uh, I don't know, it's just it's really fun. Uh, it's simple and. It has bite, and, you know, I think that's all you could really want out of a good punk rock song. Yeah, it is a uh, – it's a good one, I think, too, on that record on Good Morning. As far as what they were going for on that album, like, that's another one for me. Like, Good Morning – and I know I'm in the minority there because I, I have realized throughout the years that is actually a lot of people's favorite Alkaline Trio record, and I don't hate it, but it kind of – I don't know. It probably goes back to the same with My Shame is True, where it's like, I wouldn't say I hate side A or side B, but I'm like, if I'm listening to it, 
there's definitely a handful of tracks, maybe three or four, which really isn't bad for an album anyway, that I might just skip. But that one, I think, is one of the best representations of what I think they were going for on Good Morning. I, I think they hit it really well on there. And actually, you know what's funny about that is you were talking about how it was a single and everything, but I think it was a really minor single for them because I forget it was one. Like, I forget there's a music video for it. Yeah, like, I don't feel like that was a big single for them. I think, if anything, it may have been a uh, – it could definitely be a fan favorite. I would I would almost see it more – but, but see, now that's just me. But I, I never felt like that was one of their bigger singles. But also, to be fair, too, the only single I ever felt – I ever well, I shouldn't say that. The only ones I ever feel like I saw much exposure for would be like "Stupid Kid," "Mercy Me," uh, "Help Me," and uh, maybe like "Time to Waste." But like besides that, I never felt like I saw much of their shit. So it might just be that too. Maybe maybe I was just never around where it was being played. But I'm surprised it wasn't a bigger song. You know, on a, but but you know what though? It's funny too because I was going to say like a bigger song on rock radio, but at the same time. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of a song about that. You know, it is kind of a, uh, I feel like a fuck you to the music industry um, if, you, if you listen to it, you know. But a great, I love in the, I think it's the second chorus. I forget the whole thing, but like turn, like put on Walk Among Us and turn that shit up, which uh, I think is another one where going back to Matt Skiba, that could be cheesy, but the way he just references the misfits casually in the second chorus and just throws in walk among us. Like he does it in this way where I feel like it's a nod to misfit fan. You know, like if you know what walk among us, you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And then it's like, but he also does it in such a way where it's not cheesy or anything. You know, again, I feel like that's uh, something to highlight and attract, you know, a lot. We, we talk about album openers a lot, but I actually have this for one of the songs on my list. Good track twos, like a, a song that really leads into a record after the album opener. And this is another really good one from them. This is a really good fucking song after, uh, right? Yeah, it is track two, right? Right after this could mm-hmm. be love. Yes. It, it's a really good track two. I think it has a, that great pace to it. And they do, I do like, Skiba does it a lot on that record too, where I feel like he'll do shit where it starts in like minor and then has the major chorus. And uh, again, just does it very well on this one. I think this is another kind of example of that, where the song kind of sounds heavier in the beginning because they'll, you know, kind of play in the relative minor, and then for the, you know, for the chorus, you know, kick into something kind of, you know, like arena, almost like arena rock kind of like mm-hmm. uh, choruses, you know, like you know, the, mm-hmm. in the uh, major key. But uh, no, I, I like this song. How about uh, you, Kyle? Where, where does this one sit with you? Yeah, it kind of falls in like the same realm as like one of the first few singles that I heard or just her first few tracks that I've heard um, from Trio. So it holds a definite like uh, old school nostalgic, you know, spot in me. Um, I like it. I've never loved it, but it's one of those songs that like I probably will at least get through halfway before I end up wanting to go to something else. <laughs> so you don't um, you don't love nothing- it, but you don't hate it. No, exactly. Like, I feel like it's one of these songs that, like, I, because it's been with me for so long, I've heard it so many times that I can go, I can still listen to it and not be annoyed, but I can listen to half of it and get all the enjoyment that I want out of it. You know, Alkaline True, I feel like, has a lot of songs like that, which I feel like we've kind of been hinting at. Um, at least me, just, just saying how much I fucking hate, like, half of all their albums. But, like, like with, with Alkaline True, I feel like a lot of their songs, though, and, and again, this is a good thing. 
it's not that they're bad. They're just there's songs that I like, and there's ones that I'm like, I'll just kind of skip that one, which is a good thing because there's bands that have just bullshit songs, and that's not really the case. I can like realize and go, yeah, it's a good. Even like the stuff like I was saying, like I like Crimson. Crimson's probably my least favorite record of theirs. There's a few songs that I do like on it. But, like, even the ones that I don't... There's a few cheesy ones. There's one I can't remember the name, but I swear it sounds like a fucking new metal song. Oh, Burn. Burn. Burn's a terrible fucking song. Burn fucking blows. But, like, there's a lot of songs on that record where I go, I don't like that song, but I totally get what they were going for on that record, and I think they did it very well. Even though it may not be my thing, I go, hey, you were trying to make a, a you know, like a big rock record, and, you know, something with, you know, a bigger producer, more sleek production, you know, kind of more rock songs, more rock radio friendly. And in terms of that, sounded good. And I would much rather hear, you know, a song off Crimson being played on like rock radio than a lot of uh, other shit being played on there. But again, stuff that I may, if I'm listening to Alkaline Trio, they're not songs I'm going to put on. But I definitely wouldn't say are, uh, you know, fucking terrible. And, and yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of like what you're saying with this song, Kyle. It's just kind of like... Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it doesn't. I don't think it like blows or anything like that. Yeah, this is still a song where, like, if say I'm getting ready to go pull into the local grocery store and I'm listening to Trio, I'll t- maybe I'll find this song as I'm pulling into the parking lot to let people know that I'm listening to a banger of a song. Hell yeah! But but again, I can get through half of it and be totally fulfilled and be like okay i want to get to the next song whatever that may be if this if this was a sandwich you'd eat half of it (laughs) (laughs) or it'd be an open face sandwich i guess as well it could either be yeah yeah. there we go it's just an open face sandwich it's just peanut butter (laughs) it's an open face peanut butter sandwich it's missing that you don't need the jelly and the other uh piece of bread i get it it before and i'll do it again god damn see and with that metaphor um, I mean, Zach, I'll throw it back to you because this was your pick, but I mean, you got uh, anything else on this song? One quick little thing because you brought this song up in passing. Uh, Better I not be burned. Two alkaline... It's not. <laughs> I downloaded true, two Alkaline Trio songs off LimeWire that day, and one was We've Had Enough, and the other one I just didn't care for, and I still don't care for the two or care for it to this day, and it's Stupid Kid. Oh, you don't like Stupid Kid? I just feel like it's the the lyrics are fine. The music um just doesn't do it for me and it almost feels like it's a parody of itself. Right? Because like, it's hmm. it's the it's the weirdest sounding song on From Here to Infirmary because it sounds like it sounds like Alkaline Trio tried to write a song for American Pie, but like they're not that kind of band. You know, I I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even. I mean, personally, I wouldn't say the American Pie thing as much as I think what I do agree with you though, because I would say if there's a single on that song or there was a song written to be a single, that one does. Which I mean, obviously, it was a single too, but it does stand out in that sense. You know what I mean? Like it does stand out as a song that's supposed to be that song whether it is a song that would be an american pie or whether it's supposed to be all over mtv or something there is a which and i like that song but i do get what you're saying like i actually think what you're saying is totally fair about it and uh yeah i I do think it has a vibe to it where it's like oh that's the song like even if i didn't know 
that that one had the music video and it was a single, I feel like I'd hear that one and go, okay, that's the one they're trying to do. Just like if I feel like if you heard Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, if you heard First Date and The Rock Show, I think without even knowing the whole like backstory about them and shit, you would just kind of go, oh, those are the, like, those were the ones they wrote when it's like the label wants a single. Those are the songs, you know, and same with Stupid Kid. Here's the thing. For for me, if Alkaline Trio's song that doesn't make sense is Stupid Kid on um, From Here to Infirmary, I think the song that doesn't really make sense, I'll take off your pants and jacket, is Stay Together for the Kids. Um, that's a, so fair, that's I, a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I just don't think that Stupid Kid works on From Here to Infirmary. It could have worked. I think it could have worked on... Um, Maybe I'll catch fire. I don't know. That album's really? even darker than From Here to Infirmary, I think. So like I, yeah, don't, I don't even I don't feel like it works. I think maybe okay, so Crimson. I think maybe Stupid Kid with a little bit like of a like, poppier production could have fit on like Crimson or something. Maybe. That's interesting. I, I don't agree with anything you're saying, but that is interesting. That's okay. <laughs> oh it yeah, no. Sounds... It's all debate. We're fine. No one's no one's yeah. gonna we're we're all we're all fucking good here. Yeah. I won't I won't do the stupid kid video thing. I won't fucking uh whatever he does, choke choke his kill his teacher and classmates with smoke or whatever yeah, the fuck that's he weird. does. I, I've never I've seen like a little bit of the video and I just I thought the like the garden performance was kind of <laughs> sick like the performance shot or whatever. Oh, I love but, that like, video. But see that I was my seen it, all the way through. it was my first alkaline trio song so I mean I could I could very much be just like you with uh with actually the song we're talking about now like you know it being your first where you're attached. I will say it is not Stupid Kids not in my top 5 though. So I mean I don't hold it that dear but I do hold it dear enough where I'm like that video and that song, like, were my introduction. So, I mean, I'm sure I do have some kind of, like, rose-colored glasses on or, you know, nostalgic glasses on when uh, listening to it. But I, I do get I do get what you're saying about it sounding like a single or supposed to be for a soundtrack or something. Like, it was written, like, separate from, like, the album itself. But I don't know about... It just about... sounds happy. Like, from here to infirmary, he's not happy. Private Eye is not happy. Like... Uh, stupid kids happy the lyrics though really but here's what i will uh, yeah the lyrics aren't yeah the lyrics are extremely i actually think like one one of the most just straightforward like go fuck yourself songs uh maybe on the entire record but i mean they also he goes so many other places though that's more of a straightforward like fuck you breakup song where there's so many other songs that are dealing with uh you know you got songs like fucking armageddon and stuff where it's like yeah that's that's a whole different uh ball game but I will say, though, like what you were saying about it being placed on another record, I don't see it working on another one because maybe I'll Catch Fire, I think, is even darker and less produced. Mm-hmm. So this song, if it's mm-hmm. being a single, I don't think it worked there. And then I think later on they were darker as well, but in a different way, in like the mm-hmm. goth way, in like the we hang yeah. out in like graveyards <laughs> and shit kind of way. Like, So I don't think it would have worked there either. So like, I don't know that it would have worked on another album. I mean, but that's again. I mean, it's all up for debate and uh, and everything. I, I like hearing people's takes on that too, even if uh, even if I don't agree. That that's a really interesting kind of take on it. Yeah, Thanks, sure. But uh, yeah. So, anything else on this song, or shall we do my uh, number five? I'm good. All right. Well, num- number five. Number five for me, and uh, I. This may be the only Dan song on on my list. I hate to say, but I do love Danny. But uh, I went with Fine off of uh, This Addiction, the uh, the closer off of that one. This Addiction 
has not I liked that record a lot when it came out I'll be honest this is now this is another one has not aged well and a lot of the songs on it I just don't think are good songs period like we're talking about songs where I go it's just not my thing but I can still see it as a good song with this addiction I think there's some duds on there this I actually think is one of their strongest closers and I think it's one of Danny's best and I think one of the things that I love about it it's very unconventional for Alkaline Trio the more you listen to it. Like, sonic, for one, sonically, like, they are very much a band where the song, you know, there's a lot of songs like Armageddon, you know, you have, like, from here to Infirmary, what I love about it is it's basically fast all the way through. Like, my favorite, my favorite parts of Alkaline Trio or the records are where it just hits you in the fucking face the whole time. Like, doesn't slow down. Just nonstop. But what I like about Fine is the exact opposite of that. There's acoustic guitar, then it goes to electric. Uh, the riff in the beginning, I think, is very different for Matt for Matt Skiba. That uh, the little acoustic line and shit there. Like, I think it's different for him. The drums are awesome, but that's Derek. I mean, Derek Grant is like Travis Barker, where it's like, I mean, I could sit here and say so many of his fucking drum parts are amazing that it's like it's just at some point you're just being repetitive. But uh, I love the drum beat. The riff is different for him. In the bass, like, subtlety is a big strong point of this song, I noticed, like, when I was listening to it. The bass line, which I've never even realized before, is really fucking good. He's actually playing, like, a lot. Like, he's not just hitting notes every now and then. At first, I thought he was just kind of hitting notes and, like, holding them for hold measures. Then I started listening, and, like, Danny's playing this real good groove, like, when he's not singing. Like, in between, he's just playing this really good kind of, gla- like, classic Dan bass line. But it's like mixed lower in there. And then same with Skiba's vocals. Like it's a song where a lot of times if you listen to it, you may not even realize that Matt Skiba's on it. It's kind of like the uh, fucking Newfound Glory song where you go, is Matt Skiba really on this? Like I don't, I can't tell if that's really fucking him. But like he's mixed into this where you really, sometimes in the harmonies, you can't even tell that he's singing along with Dan. But again, it's very different from normally... You know, one of them's doing harmonies. They're fucking yelling. You can hear it. It's very prominent in the background. You know, Dan's bass is kind of in, you know, it's like it's really in your face when he's doing those like running bass lines and stuff. But none of that really. Like they'll get to those choruses. They'll get to the buildups, which are really nice. But they'll keep going back and forth and just, I think, playing with like really playing with dynamics in a way that you never hear Alkaline Trio do. Like this song is it's as good for its slow and kind of more quiet parts as it is for its loud fucking parts, you know, like the, the driving, the driving parts of it. But I mean, before, before I just keep like yapping, I have more things about it, but I mean, for you guys, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you feel about like this addiction and shit. I don't know where that sits. How do you feel about, uh, this song, that record, this era of the band? Um, I'll say, I'll say this. I, I do like this album, but I, always forget it, it, it exists <laughs> like like besides like the like the lead you know single you know you know the this addiction off the record everything else after it i just i blank on it i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah i know this song i remember that song a lot of these songs off this record i completely blank on and even when i was listening to the records getting ready for this as I'm listening to it, I'm like, how come I feel like I've never heard this before? But like, <laughs> it sounds good. But I, but I, I was like completely drawing blanks on like half of the songs. It's and not memorable. To you're saying off the top. Yeah, and off like yeah, but like I enjoy it. Like it sounds good. But I'm just 
I'm drawing blanks. I'm like, have I heard this before? I must have heard this before. Why doesn't this sound familiar? And right now with fine, like I'm getting the vaguest picture in my head, <laughs> but, I, but like, if you're looking at my face right now, I just have like a blank stare. Cause like, I'm just lost in my head trying to figure out the song. It starts very, I mean, it's kind of ballady. I'd say it's the most ballad, maybe not the most ballad. They do have other ballads, but like, as far as this addiction goes, I would say, it's the most ballady, and and it changes up the most. Like it starts more, it's acoustic, and then it builds up in the choruses, and then there's a huge build up at the end. It's really, it's like a semi acoustic song. It's it's kind of a, yeah. I don't know. I feel like actually that one's a mixture of both going back because I feel like this addiction was supposed to be a return to form for them, which I think is the other thing with it being not as memorable. Here's what I'll say: this addiction. They just got off Agony and Irony, which is definitely a big rock record put out on a major label, which, and there's good songs on. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but after that, they signed to Epitaph. You know, they're on a, they're on an indie label again and they're putting out this addiction. It was supposed to be kind of like that return to form of like fast punk alkaline trio. And in a lot of ways it is, but I think what the record suffers, I mean, we're both kind of getting to that. I, I said some of the songs are just duds and you said a lot of it's forgettable. I think in that they did maybe try to go back to making a sound like they're kind of like from here to infirmary and good morning, kind of go back to like that era. And I think what happened was half of the songs are really fucking good and they did like a return to form. And then the others are almost parodies of them. Like there's which song it, it might be Draculina that one of them on there. There's a few yeah. songs with girls. It is it's Draculina not very good, but it, so- it sounds like a cliche. Like, it sounds like you're writing a parody of a Matt Skiba song. Like, everything about it's kind of a, like, parody of it. Lead Poisoning. The funny thing, too, is it, it has an age well. Like, I liked Lead Poisoning when it came out, but now I think the trumpet is kind of cringy. I don't, I think the song's just, it's another one where I'm like, it sounds like someone trying to be Alkaline Trio, but it's not Alkaline Trio. Now, with that said, again, I mean, Fine is my number five, so you know I love that one. I think the American Scream is that that one just missed being on my list. If we were doing top ten, that would probably be, and lyrically, that's Matt Skiba. For being someone who's very cryptic, that one's very straightforward, and him just doing kind of a more straightforward telling a story, I think that's one of his strongest songs. And uh, there's a few others. Dorothy's a pretty underrated one on there. There, There's a few that are really fucking good. But, uh, I mean, I'm just talking about what I like and, and uh, don't like off the record. But I do think it it fell. I think it fell on that, though, where it was kind of returned to form in a lot of ways. And they thought they needed to write more of a punk record. And half of it was great. And the other half kind of, uh, you know, I don't know if it was forced or what. But I think it kind of suffered for whatever they were trying to do. But, uh, I mean, Zach, what about you? How do you feel about this record? How do you feel about this song? Okay, so you're not going to be happy with my answer. <laughs> it fucking but... <laughs> blows? <laughs> you think this song fucking blows? Like Kyle, the only song that I literally remember, because uh, I'm, like, scrolling through, like, the discography, like, uh, just kind of remembering stuff as we're talking about it, and... I listened to this addiction probably like a couple years ago when I like purged a bunch of like Alkaline Trio albums, like when I hadn't really heard like all their stuff. Mm. So I started just like playing while their music, like while I was just like reading or like whatever. And I remember liking the song This Addiction, but uh, I don't think I listened to the rest of the album, like any of it 
and uh, I think that's going to be my homework tonight. But uh, I did like uh, mute you guys for a second. I listened to the just the first five seconds of Fine, and I will have to say that the opening guitar chord does not sound like Matt Skiba's guitar. It's very it's, clean. It, it's clean and almost intricate for him. It's very different from normal Matt Skiba. It's not. It's not Skiba in the least. The chorus, the chorus does get louder. And actually, I would say, dude, like, I, I would say for both of you, you don't like. Again, I'm I'm coming from someone who's telling you half of that record is not great, and I get why you guys are kind of forgetting it because it is a forgettable Alkaline Trio record. But the travesty in that is it's one of those records where the whole record itself may not be great, but the songs that are good on it are really fucking good. Like really, <clears throat> some really strong songs, and I really, I would say both of you. And anyone else, really, because, I mean, we're all big Alkaline Trio fans, so I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who also maybe have slept on uh, this addiction. It's also been out for over a decade now. It's been out since uh, 2010. So, like, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, maybe have slept on it or forgotten about it. If you're not going to listen to the whole record, at least go listen to Fine. I swear this is Danny's – this is probably Danny's best song. I think the lyrics are so good. I think he – here's the other thing. Danny's good and you know how Matt like we're, we're talking about how he has these lyrics where sometimes they shouldn't be good but they are and it's because the way he delivers them Danny has Danny writes a lot of self-deprecating lyrics but he writes them so well like this song's one of them where if you go listen to it it's such a woe is me kind of song but it's like it's so amazing the emotion in it the sat like it really is kind of a sappy song I'll be honest but in the best way possible like he conveys it in such a great, in such a relatable way too, and I just think lyrically, like the metaphors that he's using, and just some of the like different shit. Like I'm trying to pull off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of a couple lines. There's, I'm, I'm gonna fuck the one up, but there's just the whole part about like something about like being the captain of a ship in a kiddie pool, and like the whole, the whole thing though is amazing. Like you hear it, and it's like this could be a terrible line. This could be cheesy, and it's fucking great. I mean, there's metaphors about like card decks and stuff, like. All this different shit that I'm like, it's just really, really good. And I, I also have this written down when I really started thinking about like my favorite. I'll always say this, and I think I've always known this. Matt Skiba, I feel like I tend to like the Matt songs more. But with Danny, what I'll say is it's not that Matt got worse later on. I think Matt's always been excellent. I think Danny's gotten better with time. I actually think the best Dan songs are off later era Alkaline Trio records, where more of my favorite Matt songs Ooh. Are the earlier things on the earlier albums? I think my favorite Danny songs come from like the last few records. Like I like kind of going back to my shame is true. There's songs on there where even if they're ones that I don't particularly love, I think they're really fucking good Danny songs. Um, and I mean, there's also Matt songs on there which I think are, are okay, but I don't listen to a lot. But I think Danny has some songs on the last few records that are just really. I think also actually that EP they put out last year. He mm-hmm. uh, he stole it with that yeah. last song. I think it's Smokestack. Smokestack. Yeah, he had the best song on the whole EP. Yeah. That song fucking... Which actually, if you guys like Smokestack, go listen to Fine because it's the same vein as that. It's him kind of doing the same thing. And when I've seen him, I'll also tell you, it's a great live song. Anytime I've seen him acoustic, he plays Fine, and it's perfect for it because it's already semi-acoustic. Like It's, it's funny to me because there's a bonus... There's a deluxe edition of This Addiction... And uh, there's an acoustic version of Fine on it. But it's funny because it's already like semi-acoustic. So it's like, 
you know, it just doesn't have the big like rock buildups in the chorus, but it's like it was a weird pick in my opinion to do acoustic because it's just like it kind of already was. I'm like, it's already kind of there. So it was, I don't know, it was kind of weird. But uh, yeah, I'm going to say then, I, I've I've talked this song up. I love it, but I mean, you guys don't have a lot else else for it. I mean, is, is, there, uh, is there anything else to say about Fine, or shall we move on to our number fours? I'm good with the number Four. four. Fours? <laughs> then uh, Kyle, it is, uh, I believe it is your turn again. Give us your number four, baby. My number four, baby, is fatally yours. Oh, fuck yeah. You're picking some later yeah, era shit. I'm liking this. Well, I mean, is 2003 really later? <laughs> I, You know what? I do. Here's Now, he, now here's a good discussion. Here's a good discussion real quick before you go in there. I go Derek Grant before Derek Grant. So I do. I always oh, okay. I split it up that way. Now, I do think if you want to get real technical – you could split it up even more, and there's like the self-title release, the really early shit into God Damn It, and then there's the next era where it's like maybe I'll catch fire into from here to infirmary. Then I'd say the next era is like Good Morning to maybe all the way to like Agony and Irony, kind of like that next four where they go wow. kind of more rock. That's the rock era in my opinion. That's why I was talking about Return to Form with this addiction. I feel like. They went more for a radio-friendly sound, which is radio-friendly as Alkaline Trio can be. When I say that, I don't mean they were trying to sound like corn or something like that. But, like, you know, we're trying to sound more more mainstream-friendly and more, like, widely accessible. And uh, not even in my opinion. I think they'd tell you that. I mean, they signed with bigger labels at that point. You know, they're on a major for Agony and Irony. They they did have more singles. They started doing they, – they did one music video prior to that. That's the other, that's the other thing I'll say for my argument – Stupid Kid was their only music video before that. They started doing music videos. They started really having singles and stuff. Like, I, I do think I normally cut it up in an air of that. I go Derek Grant before Derek Grant. But anyways, yeah, now yeah, now yeah. I'm just throwing yeah. my my beliefs on here while you're trying to explain your fourth favorite song. So I apologize. Yeah. Get get back to why you fucking love this one. <laughs> no, this this song, I don't know. Like, yeah, it okay, so I, we we dabbled on it earlier, like around that around this era, like 2002, 2003. There was something really weird with like Matt's uh, vocals and just like his delivery, and it was just something was a little off about it. I don't know if it was intentional or not. I think there cigarettes, might have been some, yeah, it's like cigarette drug use happening around this time. But, but and uh, I and I don't want to spread rumors, but I mean, I feel like he no, continued no, no, no. that going on. So the only thing about that is. I don't think he got clean and so <laughs> I don't I don't think he ever really got that clean and sober. So that's the only thing with the drug and alcohol thing is I would believe that if he got clean after, but I don't think he ever really changed a whole lot about his lifestyle. I, I think he has been over the yeah, past man. number of years. Like in 2010, there's a video uh he talks about it. I saw this interview where he was like what was like the point you knew like that it was bad and there's a video of it. I'll try to link it to you guys, but he's like playing like a solo show and like, he's like opening the set and he's just so fucked up and he can't like play his own song. And like, everyone's kind of like cheering for him and stuff, but that's, it, it makes it even more cringe because like, why would you cheer for like the performing artist when he can't even perform for you? Like I, it, it's just all sorts of messed up. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I get why they were trying to help him out and stuff, but it, it's just a pretty sad video. Um, 
And so I do believe, like, since, like, the 2010 era, because he referenced the year, uh, I believe he's been a little bit cleaner. I don't think he's straight-edge by any means, but I think he doesn't dabble with whatever that was messing him up. No, but I'm, I'm trying to – I wonder what – you don't know what year that performance was because the only thing I was going to say is if it's not that same one – I know I've sent it to you before, but there was the one from, like – I think it was Matt Skiba in The Secrets, but there's the one where, like, he's, I think he's wearing something weird. He has a tablet on stage because he can't remember his own lyrics. Like, he, I think he's, like, babbling in between songs. I don't think he ever made it through the set. And that's, like, 2011, 2012. I think that's after this addiction and everything. This is, this is, this is way past, like, his voice being fucking weird. But I don't know if it's the same one or not. I, I just know throughout the years, I think he's had a few times where, He's, uh, you know, had, had his, uh, issues and, uh, whatnot. Yeah. But I don't know. I could accredit it to like early, whatever that he was stuff. doing. Like, yeah, that stuff. The, uh, the other thing, there's definitely a vocal difference. Well, the other thing too, it may also be, there are some people where, you know, if you're just not singing the right way. And I mean, obviously he's always had a very aggressive way of uh, singing, you can also just fuck up your uh, throat. I mean, there's people, uh, Blake Schwarzenbach from Jawbreaker was like that. He had to get vocal surgery at one point in the band's career, and you can hear it You can hear it where it was raspy, and then you hear it cleaner after he had the vocal surgery. And uh, I think that was also just years of you just you sing wrong. I mean, it's the same with screaming. Like, there's people who, if you, I think Bert from The Use might have that, where, like, people go, why doesn't he scream like he did on the first record? Because really, that that's another one. That first used record is amazing, and he does some crazy shit on it, and they're like, why doesn't he do it after that? Because you can't do it. as a, It destroys your fucking throat. Like He's like, I don't think he can physically do it anymore. So it, it could be something like that, too, with Skiba, where just years of, you know, I mean, you hear the vocals. I don't think he was taking vocal lessons. Like, that's pretty... Uh, kind of of his own style in the early days. So, I mean, just screaming his fucking head off the way he did may have also just uh, may have not helped at least. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and all that also don't do you any favors either. But, yeah, I don't know if it was, like, multiple factors. I don't know if it was one thing. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, anyway, getting back to the yeah. uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, let's try this again. Um, but, no, like – no, the, the, his voice, like on this album, like is off to me. But this song in particular, it works so well, and and you'll notice at least a lot on like my list, a lot of these songs that I have, I have very like deeply rooted like relatability to the lyrics and how I interpret them, mm-hmm. and some of them are really straightforward. And one of the like one of the lyrics on this out uh, this song has probably one of my favorite lyrics of his just like of all time when he's like in the i think it's like the second line like uh you you crashed your car through my front door i pulled you from the wreckage and then he goes into like you know you told me that you missed me but you meant with the grill and hood i'm like oh that's so <laughs> fucking like sick cuz you think one thing and then clearly she was like legitimately trying to hit him and like that is so like it takes you for like even in just two three lines it takes you in like a little roller coaster of an event and that's the kind of shit that i love and things like that i can really relate to because the whole song is about basically her just trying to like just drop him off the face of the earth and just kind of get rid of him yeah and he's and he's just like a fucking 
like, you know, he's like a bad, like, uh, it, like scratch. You can't itch. He just lingers around and just stays around the entire time. And I, like, I've been there of being in situations with people where like, I just want to be there with them and for them. And they want nothing to do with me. And it's just like, I don't know. There's so much relatability there. And yeah, like even the, like the guitar work, it's again, it's another really simple song. And it's one of those songs. Like if I were to start someone playing guitar, this would probably be one of the first few songs that I would get them into because it's not hard, but it still makes you feel like you're doing something really cool. It's fun to play. It would probably be fun to play too. The, his use of Octa and not just this song, but I also just, so, sorry to interrupt you for a second, but like on good morning, I feel like he does that more than anywhere else. Something I got to give Skiba is he'll do that where like, he's not playing anything crazy, but he will run around the neck a little bit and do like an octave run. And then he'll go do like, this could be love jumps out to me. Like that song I do know how to play and it's far from a hard song, but it's like, you get to kind of fuck around on it a little bit where it becomes fun. It's far from hard. Mm -hmm. It's a great beginner song, but just playing that opening riff, that's just three notes and just things like that. Like he does it very well where he'll make something, he'll make something very small sound, very big. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge strong. I think that's what Skiba does best on guitar. If I was to say what his like strong suit on playing guitar is, is he makes simple things kind of sound more. He does a lot more with less, you know, and and more than it really should work too. I mean, a lot of his things are really just a few notes. Like a lot of his leads are very, very simple, but like they're kind of like with Tom DeLonge. They just work, you know, I mean, which credit to him because a lot of times doing doing things like that don't, you know, you're not always uh, guaranteed that they're going to work that way, but he, he seems to be able to do that very well on guitar. Yeah, and like really the only other thing I want to add to this and it's nothing really major. It's just, I love how quick this song is. And I'm a sucker for a fast song. Like if it's, if your song's under like two and a half minutes, like it, more likely than not, I'm going to like it for some reason. Fuck yeah. And this song, it, it's the shortest song on my list and it's two minutes and like 15 seconds. And that's the type of energy that I love or something like we've said before, just punches you in the face and it keeps that energy all the way through and then it's over and it leaves you wanting more. So you just go back and listen to it again. <laughs> those, those honestly are my, my favorite records in the world. I think when I think about them are clock in at like 30, 35 minutes, like if that, like just very, it is like, I have a short attention span. I feel like, like your song very rarely, like if you're Jimmy eat world and I'm listening to clarity, you'll, I'll listen to a long fucking song. But like most of the time, I don't want long drown out songs. I think Yo. I think that's that's what's up. <laughs> but do you listen to all thirteen minutes of Goodbye Sky Harbor? Fuck yeah, motherfucker! I listen to. I don't even think it's thirteen. Okay. I think it's like okay. sixteen or seventeen. Nah, it's thirteen. I'm okay. And then Let I put it on. And then I put it on repeat I four love, more fucking times. Yeah, no, and I, I cry in the song. dark for I, like an hour. Sure. I was just making sure, uh, bro. Here's the thing, man. Wait, now you have me sidetracked. Now you have me sidetracked, though. I also I went to to Sky Harbor once, and I just saw the exit for it. And I just, I thought, I think people were looking at me. I got real, like, I don't feel like you can just wander around airports. And then I was thinking, like, TSA is going to come up to me and go, "What are you doing?" And I'd be like, 
It's the airport from the Jimmy World song. Like, why is this guy just wandering around with no luggage? He looks sketchy as fuck. He's taking pictures of the floor and shit. And it's just like, it's a Jimmy World song, guys. So uh, I got I got in and out fairly fast because I was very paranoid. But uh, what I'm trying to let you all know to rub it in is, yes, in fact, I have been to Sky Harbor Airport. And I did listen to that song in the parking lot, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go on. What were you saying? Uh, well, I'll if just you can tie remember it up for the yeah, no, I'll remember. Uh, I'll tie it up for the listeners here. If you've made it this far, I'll give Thank you a little you. nugget about my personal life. Oh, um, <laughs> I was once listening to this song with one of the girls I dated, and we were like breaking up in my car, and it was like nighttime. Wait, goodbye, Sky Harbor, song. or fatally yours. Goodbye, Sky Harbor. Okay, okay. So wow. I, I really didn't know. So <laughs> well, I sorry, wanted, man. I wanted sorry, to know man. first because I didn't know which one I'm you were talking out. about. So, sorry, man. <laughs> uh, but, okay, ju- I'm just wrapping this point up. But, yes, the song is actually 60 Minutes. You were right. But uh, the, the kicker was, like, I was just, like, I felt, like, disrespectful if I was going to turn off, like, the outro of the song uh, because I felt like she, like, I wasn't like paying attention or something. I don't know. But like, so we sat through all 16 minutes of this song, like while we were breaking up worst oh, fucking fuck. moment ever. Like it was just like, cause you, you know how, like when you don't want to mess with your phone or something, when someone's talking to you because you want to be respectful, but like, it was kind of like that. And, uh, it was just like, not the vibe, but like, you know, just a nugget for the listeners about my personal life. Uh, but I thought that was kind of funny to tie that in to that song because that song is stupid long. Can I add something real quick before we get back to the actual song we're talking about? It would be kind okay, of yeah. funny Again. if you guys were listening to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and, like, it plays through, but you have the bonus track ones. Like, you guys are breaking up and all of a sudden just, like, when you fucked grandpa. Di-. Like, that oh, would just be I, yeah, so would, fucking funny. No, because no, you don't want you don't want to because you're like you guys are just crying in silence and he's just going this is fucking stupid man I can't believe you and th- that would be amazing. All right, I'm yeah, sorry, Kyle. I'm sorry. Get, we got to get yeah, back sorry, to the Kyle. song. Sorry, Kyle. I'm, I promise I'm not ADHD, but I'm basically. ADHD. We're fatally yours, so. Kyle. I mean, I already said what I wanted to say about the song, so you guys are just I, ripping at this point. I don't have much to say on this one, Anthony, but it's... Anthony, you should cut this part out of the... I'm definitely <laughs> not. No, it's, it's staying, and I was going to add a whole thing about making out to Goodbye Sky Harbor, but I'm not going to now. So we're going to get... No, nah, man. <laughs> I was going to go that, and then also something about lap dances, but I'm not going to do that either. We're going to get back to, we're gonna oh, get back to the topic at hand. And, uh, okay. Is it my and, turn? Well, no, what I was going to say for this song before, before we go, it's another one where, again, I, uh, I mean, maybe it sounds like I'm just kissing ass because this is the second song referenced off Good Morning. It's far from my favorite Alkaline Trio album, but you guys are both pointing out the strong points of the record. Like the, it's kind of like with this addiction where you guys are going, it's not a bad record, but I forget songs and shit. You guys are kind of doing the Good Morning with me where I'm like, Oh yeah, like I forgot that song's off there and stuff. Like as much as I'm like, I don't care for that record, then I go, Oh fuck, no, that song's on there, that song's on there. But uh that no, that's mm-hmm. all I gotta say. So yeah, Zach, if you wanna if you wanna go into your number four now. So I'm going in chronological order um of discovery and 
So the year is 2016, and uh, pretty much the oh, wow. only Alkaline Trio song I'm aware of is uh, We've Had Enough and Stupid Kid, and like I don't really give any cares about Stupid Kid. Um, but uh, Matt had just been announced that he was taking Tom's place, so I was like, well, I guess I better listen to some more Alkaline Trio because it made sense. Uh, and so I picked like one of the top songs on there and um this song honestly i think is the best representation of what i think alkaline trio sounds like um why can't we do this like which is just like the melody is just incredibly dark and the lyrics are really dark in themselves but it's really simple octave chords um and you know just dark subject matter but uh it's a it's another single uh i'm sure you could guess it if you thought about it but uh it's private eye was that a single and technically it was i did not know that um yes (laughs) but i don't know uh when i was like listening through the catalog of just trying to beef up on my alkaline trio I just was kind of impressed by this song because during the, like the verses, uh, he's just like playing some like palm muted, like, uh, I don't know, man. It's just like a really weird guitar part. I, I, I'm not a classically trained guitarist, so I, I don't know like what I'm trying to refer to, but it's while he's singing and he's playing like this, like little like noodly riff, but it's almost like kind of clean uh under like the bass and the bass is just going insane on this song uh but i love this song because you know it has really distorted guitar but really unique guitar as well um and you know i dragged this like looking for corpses dusting for prints pried up the floorboards like what kind of lyrics like do you know that resemble anything like that like that's pretty, I don't know. I love that song. And just that opening lyric is just, it just hits you in the face with like, uh, you know, I guess it's just nothing's like it to me, I guess. You know, Matt, Matt Skiba, I think has talked about this before. And I know he at least has with the radio, but I, I think he, he does this with songs like this too. You grab the audience with like, the first couple lines like i mean again like it's not the album opener but like with radio like shaking like a dog shit and razor blades or like really any of them because if you look i feel like their best album openers do that where it's like what the fuck is this like we were talking about earlier she lied to the fbi i mean yes metaphorically there's more going on but still listen to the lyrics of that song if that's your introduction to a band that's wild that's not just a straight up like love song or you know what i mean like it's not a straightforward song it's like Whoa, what is this? Same with this could be love. I mean, look at look at where they go from private eye for album openers. You go there and then the next one, the whole chorus oh, is dude, like the steps to fucking song. murder someone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like oh, dude. they know because right away it's like that's how you get someone hooked. You know, like they kind of and I mean I know Matt loves the misfits, and I think he also takes that like from Glenn Danzig, where it's like these lyrics are fucking insane, and it's what gra- grabs people because you go, What the fuck did he just say? Like what, 
what did that guy just sing about? Like, you know, like the most unconventional things you're not expecting. And it's like you're doing over this really fast punk music and it's just something that you've never heard. And it is like Private Eye to this day. I don't know what the fuck that song's about. I have no clue what he's really singing it's about, about. being a private investigator, man. You, I mean, technically, I, I think it's a... Okay, so here's the thing. See, but it goes okay. back to this. Yeah, do we take this? This it's is always my subjective. hardest thing. Yeah, like I go... Because I'm, I'm really, to be honest, I probably sound like a fucking idiot. A lot of times I'll take them for face value. Like I'll listen to that song and never think about what... Like I love that song, but I never sit there and try to think about what else it I don't know what watching flies fuck on channel 11 means. Maybe it means nothing, but I go, I just like this song, but like there is, I do feel like shit to decipher here, but it's like, even if you took it at face value, you just go, it's about being a private eye. It's like, fuck. It's a great song about being private eye. It's like, if they're, if I was ranking my favorite songs about being a private eye, this would be number one. Like, you know, like just shit like that. Where you're like, I mean, if fuck, if he's just being literal, he's really good at it. Which, you know what, even more credit to him because I would say it would be harder to – if I said right now, Zach, go write a song about a private investigator and make it good. Like that's not hey, – shit. Yeah, like – yeah, the, the, and <laughs> yeah, make it good part. Yeah, I would write a Magnum P.I. <laughs> theme song nah. right off. <laughs> nah, dude, it has to be – it has – write me a, a like clocking in at like 2 minutes, 2.30. Write me like a punk song that's about private investigator and, and don't make it cheesy – Make it good. And it's like, that's a hard fucking thing to do. Like, credit again where credit's due. Like, whatever the fuck this song's about, whether it is just about that or it's about something else, fucking amazing lyrics, no matter how you take them. And it's funny, too. This song's always had, even though I feel like it isn't, it does have that, like, evil, that evilness that, like, Alkaline Trio songs tend to have. But what I love about it. This wasn't my introduction to the band, but this was my first non-single from them. So, like, at this point, I had heard Stupid Kid, and I had heard, like, Mercy Me, and any of the singles that would have been played on Fuse from, like, Good Morning and Crimson. Like, I I heard those songs, but this was, I was in high school, and I remember, if we all go back in the day, I don't know how much you guys spent in uh, FYE, but uh, that's not very obscure. (laughs) And back back when you could uh, sample the albums, you'd bring them up and you'd scan them under this fucking thing. And you'd get oh, thirty seconds. Right. Sam- you remember this? So you'd get thirty second samples of each song. This is how I used to. I'd go there, and there'd be albums where I'm like, I've only heard like the single. I wonder what the rest of the sounds like. And I just fucking sit there with those, na- including in the time of Corona, those like disgusting headphones that everyone has on, with just caked oh, on, yeah. caked on fucking earwax all over them, and just yeah. the, the scratched up screen and shit. And you just listen to 30 seconds, and I remember putting that on because at that point, I mean, I, I knew Stupid Kid, and I, that, I saw that was the album with Stupid Kid on it. But just only knowing a few Alkaline Trio songs and more of the singles, hearing the 30 seconds of Private Eye, whatever it was, I think it might have been like the intro into the beginning of the verse, that compared with like the album art and shit, I'm like, what? like that's imagery. That's fucking imagery of a band. Like, honestly, like that's... Yeah. Even though it wasn't my introduction to them, it was. It's like your introduction if you know Blink One Eighty Two and all you know is all the small things and I miss you, and then you go find like Dude Ranch or something. It's kind of one of those things. That's like what Private Eye feel like was for me. So that that song kind of just like how it holds it for you, Zach. Where it's like you know you knew, actually kind of the same way where you knew a few Alkaline Trio songs, but you didn't know. I, I guess you knew singles too. This is kind of like which I keep saying this. I guess it was a single. I keep forgetting you guys said it. It is a. 
It's considered a single, but at I, least I think it was a single. No, I yeah, believe. yeah, it was because I remember the only reason why it pops up in my head is because when uh, I remember when I first started hearing about like Angels and Airwaves and like Adam Wilder was going to be a drummer. And I'm like, okay, I remember his name from Rockin' the Crypt, and I remember him from like The Offspring for that split nanosecond. And then shortly after that, I was watching, uh, I was listening to Music Choice on like old Comcast, and I remember one of the little factoids on like an Offspring thing was something with him being featured in an Alkaline Trio video, even though he wasn't really a member of the band, uh-huh. and it was this video. There's a video for this? It's a, it's a live video. It's oh, a, I think okay. it's like a live video. Okay. It's, yeah. You're going to blow my mind if you say, because I was about to say, this has to be a pretty fucked up, because mu- actually the thing about to come out of my mouth is go, what a fucked up music video this would have been. Like, I mean, if MTV had a problem with, if, if they had let a problem with, so cool. let me direct it. But, but honestly, like if, if MTV and all them had a problem with the stupid kid music video and thought it was too dark and violent, what the fuck would they have done for this song? Like, uh, same with this could be I love. Thought, like, imagine what, like, like, and I think that was a single, but, like, they didn't do a video for it, I believe. But, like, imagine the fucking video for this could be love as well. You know what? I can picture, I'm not even kidding, you know, um, what is it, the census fail video, Buried a Lie? Oh, so yeah, like, like that. A, See, it's kind of like a mockery of, like, a Scooby-Doo investigation. All I, I can... Think. That, now that would be, be funny. Private Eye would be a video like that, but like in black and white, and like in like like filmed in like noir style. I can I could kind of see that. For this could be love. The only thing I can think of is because I feel like that song's basically at least loosely based on the uh, book Misery. I think I could see it being like clips of the film Misery. Like that's all I can see is like a montage of the movie of like Kathy Bates doing fucked up things to, to that song. That's all I can think of. Yeah. That, that see, like that's, that's the movie I think (laughs) of when I think of that song. I don't know. I don't know if that song was directly, uh, influenced by the, by that, but, and I, I mean, I know Skiba loves like Stephen King shit. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it at least, you know, somewhat, it at least kind of like sparked his, uh, you know, inspiration. The beginning of this could be love, but yeah, that's all I can think of for that song is like them just playing like clips from that movie. That's all I can think of because besides that, I don't know what you would do that you could get away with without doing like an R-rated music video just so fucking bloody and, you know, just a really fucked up, uh, I don't know. I, I, I assume it would look something like the cover of Remains. That that would have something to do with the uh, music video. Nice. But uh, yeah, getting getting back to Private Eye, I mean... Great song, I think. Uh, another good opener too, because uh, again, like we were talking about those lyrics, really get you like right away. And and you know, you were talking about it being like weird guitar on the verses. I would even say that the riff, the opening riff, is weird. Like I love it, but it's weird when you play it. It doesn't. Oh yeah. Like if you play that without, it's one of those guitars. It's one of those riffs where if you play it without anything behind it, if you're just sitting there playing on guitar. I feel like it just sounds weird. And same with Stupid Kids. Stupid Kids another one. If you play that song, just the guitar part, and you don't play, you just play it like that with no backing track, it sounds fucking weird by itself. It doesn't, it almost doesn't sound like a full idea. You almost, I don't think you'd be like, oh, that's the riff to a song. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that says. I, I, I've complimented Skiba's guitar playing, but there are some times where, and again, in the full in the full scale of things, it, it works perfectly. Like the guitar on Private Eye 
that opening riff and everything is fucking great. But I w- you know what, though? I also think, though, that might be part of the charm because it is kind of a weird, it's a little dissonant, sounds odd, but that's supposed to be that song. It's the uneasiness. You know, I mean, there is an uneasiness to that song and kind of a, like, evilness, like I was talking about earlier, and I think that probably comes from the guitar sounding like that. You know, a lot of it just being that kind of weird uh, fucking guitar that he does. But, uh, Kyle, I guess you – have you said much about this? I guess you're the only one who hasn't uh, said a whole lot about Private Eye. You got you got much for this one? Uh, I mean, this was definitely one of those honorable mention songs that I was going between for weeks trying to figure out if this is going to be on my list or not. I don't think you can be um, an Alkaline Trio fan and not like this song. I think we'd be hard-pressed to, to find someone who didn't. If you were an Alkaline Trio fan, I feel like this has to be one you like. Even if it's not in your top five, I don't feel like you can hate this song. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it I think it pushes all the right buttons for any trio fan when it comes to yep. the just the, the the musicianship, the the dark ski but typical lyrics. <laughs> yes. And it's I don't know, I, I feel like it's just one of those like when you think of Alkaline Trio, like this has to be one of the songs that you have to like push put it in with. And this is like including hits. Like it's just one of those. It's one of those songs. Like even though, like, the, like, like you said, you didn't know it was a single. And yes, it's a single. And I like, I'm putting that in quotes because I don't know. Like, it's not one of those videos or songs that like people talk about as a hit. So I can see why that flew under the radar. But it's one of those songs that like has to be in every set for a live show. Yeah. Oh, like, I. It's just, I- there, there's a lot of songs. I, I have a few coming up too that I wrote that down where I'm like, they should be playing this every time they play a live show. There's just certain songs where you go, yeah. this is a staple. This is this is one, mm-hmm. including the band like Alkaline Trio, because Alkaline Trio has never had that real big hit where they're like obligated to play a song. Like there's like radio and stuff, but it's like it's all basically fan favorites. It's different. Where like a band like Blink 182. You're obligated to play the hits. It's not. It's not like, oh, Dyson Terry Gary is a is a cult classic. So like, we always got to play that. They're obligated to play hit hits. Whereas Alkaline Trio, just because a song was a single, doesn't mean it was big for them. Nor are they playing to those audiences. When they play to an audience, they're playing to someone who's a fucking fan of Alkaline Trio. They don't. You know what I mean? They're not there just yeah. for the hits or something like that. They're there because they know the whole catalog. And I think with Alkaline Trio sets, yeah, like your your staples are different from a bigger band like, you know, from like an arena band or something where you'll have songs like this where it's like, yeah, this wasn't a huge song. This didn't like pay their mortgage. It isn't like the most well, you know, it isn't the song that if you just ask someone off the street, hey, do you know Alkaline Trio? And they go, oh, yeah, that private eye band, like nothing like that. But if you're a fan of the band, yeah, I, I think you're like, oh, yeah, this has to be live like this is the energy mm-hmm. of it. The whole, I mean, I think we've all said it. it. It really does kind of sum up the band and the best qualities of it. You know, no matter what era you're a fan of, where it's like, oh yeah, this should. I don't. I don't think anyone would. Uh, I think everyone would be off their feet when uh, this one's played live. I mean, I think everyone would be fucking stoked to hear it. Oh, bro, I would lose my shit. Like, oh, uh, shit! Like, I don't know if you were there, Zach, but like when Blink first toured with Skiba and uh, A Day to Remember, I saw a video and of that. A Day to Remember. Yeah, I was there during that show oh, and I wild. filmed it on my phone. And I was, I remember like thinking like, man, that'd be so cool if Blink got to play like one trio song because he's in Chicago. And I remember seeing A Day to Remember and all of a sudden their backdrop changed 
and it said like a day to remember in the from here to infirmary spot. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then they bring Skiba on. I'm like, holy shit, they're doing something. They're doing something. And then as soon as they kicked in the private eye, like I lost my shit. And I was like probably one of the only people within like a radius of like, you know, X amount of rows that was like really fucking freaking out. And you can tell there was people up front that knew what was happening. But like in my little like section, you know, 203, whatever it was, like, I would felt like I was the only one going off, but like seeing that live, even though it wasn't from trio, it, it was mind blowing. That, that makes I, me think of, uh, when I saw fallout boy right after they reunited and they played tell that Mick and I was the only, I'm looking around and like, everyone's just kind of standing there watching it. And I'm the only one jumping off my feet, screaming. I'm falling into the people in front of me. Like, I'm the only like just like finger pointing and shit like like I'm losing it. Like this is like whatever I paid, thirty, forty dollars, this song right here was worth the entire admission. It was worth sitting in the rain for an hour to get in. And I felt the same way. I'm like, like you fuckers aren't doing like like what's going on here? This is this is magic. Do you guys not know what you're witnessing? Like I, I yeah, definitely had moments like that. Boy song. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, that's like one of the greatest album openers of like all time. And these people are like, you know, right before that, they probably played like thanks to the memories or something. Everyone's going crazy. And then they play that song and it's like, you fuckers are like, they're like just standing still checking their phones. Like just looking at, no one's even singing along. Like even that where it's like, they just don't even fucking care or no, or no, maybe I guess maybe there's no song, but yeah, that was, uh, that was fucked. But uh, yeah, getting uh, back, to getting. Sorry, dude. What were you saying? Uh, sorry, uh, I just kind of wanted to weigh in. Uh, I didn't go to the Chicago show for my tour, but I did see that tour, and uh, I honestly wish I got to see. You know, even though a day to remember, I'm kind of indifferent on them. Um, yeah. uh, I would have liked that. I would have liked them to see perform uh, Private Eye. That would have been sick. But at the St. Louis show, man. Tyson Ritter was fucking trolling someone in the crowd, like from the stage uh, in the VIP section. He was just calling him like this asshole with the blue polo, like eating your fucking food and drinking your drinks. And like, you're not even a fan of our band or something. And like, dude, he came out into the crowd, like not during his performance. He was super like low key. He like came out into like the lit up like arena or whatever in between, uh, their set or a day to remember set and blink set. And he gave the dude a balloon animal. <laughs> and like my ex that I was dating at the time was like, isn't that the dude that like you like? And like, I got up out of my seat so fucking fast. And like, um, I met him and, uh, I don't think he wanted people to recognize him or something. Cause like he, uh, he, um, he walked past me and then like we like locked eyes and I was like, well, damn, I guess that was that. Um, but then he looks at me and gives me the come on signal with my, with his hand. And then we're like kind of jogging through this amphitheater. And then, uh, he's like, I'm trying to stop and take a picture with him. And he's like, walk and talk bitch. So I got called a bitch by the lead singer of the all American rejects on that tour. Um, and that was that weirdest fucking celebrity running of my life. That's pretty sick. 
<laughs> That's pretty uh, cool. I, I just wanted to add that because honestly, Tyson Ritter is a badass. So no, that that's a uh, that's pretty dope. I I guess I'm the only one here who didn't uh, see them with Skiba. Then I don't think I realized that both of you have seen them then with a uh, Skiba yeah. on guitar. I'm the only <laughs> one who I you know what I was supposed to go on that tour. I was traveling fucking cross country at the time, but I remember when uh, Hawthorne Heights was opening for them. They actually offered me some tickets, but I was like on the other side of the country, so I'm like I can't fucking go. And I don't think it ever was anywhere where I was uh, during that time. Because after I heard California, I, I think at this point I don't really care to ever see him. But there was a point where I definitely would have went and uh, caught them with Skiba if uh, nothing else out of curiosity. But at this point, I'm, but that's for another episode. Now I'm just shitting on, on Blink-182 with Matt Skiba. But uh, getting back to the song, I mean, shall we uh, move on to the next one? Anything left for uh, Private Eye? I'm good. No, let's... Uh... Move it right along. Well, for my number hey. four, we are. Uh, <laughs> you got to hit the jukebox, dude. You got to get a little. Uh, you get a little Fonz hit there. Um, my yeah. number four, we're sticking right here from uh, from here to Infirmary. I went with Steamer Trunk, and uh, this song. I feel this song to me in, from here to Infirmary is my favorite Alkaline Trio record. I think what I love about it most is it never really slows down. Like, a couple songs are a little slower, but it never loses that oomph. Like, right like right away, Private Eye, like we were just talking about, Private Eye gets you going, and it never stops. It never fucking stops from, like, start to finish, amazing. I love, my favorite parts of it are just the fast, no-nonsense songs. There's a few of them on here, I think, uh, I mean, besides this one, but, like, I'm Dying Tomorrow, Armageddon, Mr. Chainsaw, songs like that where it's just, they're fucking fast. They're just, I mean, like really, like the best, it's really highlighting why I love that record, why I love Alkaline Trio. And I think Steamer Trunk is the best example of that, where like everyone, I think Mike is playing probably, I, that's one of the highlights I think of his drumming on uh, Infirmary. Like, and it's hard, I get mm-hmm. it. It's like, I, I think it's the same situation though, just like with Scott Rayner and Travis Barker, I go, you can compare and contrast, but at the same time, is that fair? Because it's two different kind of styles. And I feel the same way here. I think Mike is a different kind of drummer than Derek. And it's like Derek's an amazing – Derek's one of the greatest punk drummers. He is up there with, like, Travis Barker. And Mike doesn't play the same way with, like, the fills and shit. But what Mike does, I feel like they're playing at a lot of breakneck speeds on Infirmary. And, like, on this song, he's not doing anything insane. But the way the man can, like, keep the beat at those tempos and still throw in these little fills and, like, snare rolls, I think just, like, so good. And one of the secret things here um, is Dan's – I always say this. One of the secrets to Alkaline Trio is the dynamics of the guitar and the bass. Matt Skiba, in a lot of ways, is doing what normally bass players are doing, like what the bass player would be doing, and then Dan's doing on bass what I feel like the lead guitar would be doing. And this is one of those songs. The guitar on Steamer Trunk is nothing. It's very simple. It's power chords. The driving force of this song is the rhythm section. Uh, I mean, the drums for one, but that bass line is like, I think it's one of Danny's best bass lines. I absolutely love it. It's fun the whole way through, and it never stops. Like, he's fucking moving around that that fucking bass neck the entire song. Verse, chorus, bridge, the whole thing. So, I mean, I, I love it because, again, it, it highlights what I think is one of, the re- one of the things people don't realize with Alkaline Trio, and I think that's part of it. Musically, they kind of reverse roles of what you would normally do. Less Than Jake does that as well, where they have a bass player who basically plays lead bass, and they have a guitar player who's kind of like playing rhythm to it. 
And uh, same kind of thing here on Steamer Trunk. And uh, I absolutely love that. I think as a bass player, this, it's probably part of part of it. But also, too, like lyrically, I mean, I, I like the lyrics to it. I think it's another kind of one of uh, Skiba's cryptic songs. And another one that could be bad if it wasn't done. Like, like the drunker than a skunk and like slamming like a sailor and just shit like that where it's like, those shouldn't be good, but they are. Like those lines in the song should be really fucking cheesy and not good, but they're the highlights of the songs, like him throwing in oh, things easily. like that. Right? Like they're I was like gonna weigh in on that, like the idioms of this song. Idiot dude, like, that's my he favorite uses, part of this song. That dude not, I gotta I, scrub this from my top five list. Good <laughs> thing I have a backup. Oh dude go, <laughs> go ahead, throw one in because but dude, idioms, I, I that's the word that I've been looking for. He uses you're totally right. He uses idioms constantly. Drunker than a skunk. Honestly, yeah. like it's a great line. I wish I wrote it. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't even think he like those idioms. He didn't even really write. Same with like shaking like no, a dog shitting no, razor I know, blades. But like, yeah, like those are just. But like using them the way he uses them because idioms are idioms normally are cheesy. Like I used to have a teacher in high school who used idioms, and I would constant. I would mercilessly, mercilessly, whatever word I'm trying to say, make fun of her. I would just start mocking her with it. I would start saying the idiom she said. Like, like she'd start saying it's not a dog and pony show. And after that, I would just say it to the point of like bringing her to misery until she'd like tell me to shut the fuck up. Like things like that. <laughs> Idioms are stupid. Idioms tend to be terrible, but Matt Skiba like knows how to use them in such a way. That's just like, I mean, like just shit that like say that fucking pirates would say, or like old timey fucking people would say, and he <laughs> uses them in such like. In amazing way, and I do. I think it's one of the highlights of the songs in the in the chorus. I mean, it just pops out the the whole time when he's doing the drunker than a skunk. And I love I love the subtlety. I that is one of my favorite things that bands do in the last chorus where they'll just alter like one line. I love the slamming like a sailor. Like going from the drunker than a skunk to slamming like a sailor is so fucking good. Like there's just something about that. And the lyrics too. Like what I was getting to is like. This song's not like the. I would say this is what I'll say. The choruses I think are very relatable, and I think the verses are up for interpretation. And it's like, but there's just I think his like vocal melody is what I like because it's like the lyrics aren't anything. They're like, oh man, like they're not bad, but they're not like something that I'm relating to really hard or anything like that. It's just more of I love how everything works on this song. I love the way his vocal melody is. I love the way he delivers those verses. And the chorus, I mean, the chorus is just the fucking, the cream of the crop, the cherry on top. I mean, the the lines, mm-hmm. the whole, everything about it, I just think this song summarizes why I love From Here to Infirmary. Like, why I love this band, why I think that's their best record. Like, this song kind of is all the best parts of it blended, blended into one. And in a way, too, I guess I would almost, uh, you know... And and I don't know. I guess it's funny because obviously Zach, you like this song. You, you said it, it originally was on your top five, but I yeah. almost if if Stupid Kid wasn't the single, I think this could have been a single off it. I think this song could have worked oh, yeah. as one. I think that chorus is a big reason for it. Just so fucking catchy. It uh it definitely could have been a single. But uh yeah, if you guys want to take over now, Zach, I feel terrible. I feel like you should uh No, can, g- can I just make a couple points? No, go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying. Now it's your turn. Go on about this song. I feel terrible that this was yours, so I feel like it's your turn to now talk about it. No, it's <laughs> it's cool, man. Uh I actually so 
I love like all like albums in their entirety. Like I think that's kind of how I listen to music. I I'm not really good when I just pick up a song and uh you know I, I just don't get the best representation of the album. But like so it was actually last year that I just decided to listen to From Here to Infirmary from front to back because I didn't think I had done that yet. I know that's super odd, but, um, and it was October, which I feel like I religiously play Alkaline Trio. It's a perfect uh, month for them. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah. month. Like, I, I do it almost it's, every year. Misfits yeah, and Alkaline Trio, Trio October, all and October. Like, and it's like Foggy Molly and, uh, and Dropkick Murray's during St. Patrick's Day. They're so, honest, yeah. but, but you're right. It's It's like if you're... Like the money mate, like St. Patrick's Day and like that, the like March and April are like the the months that like Flog and Molly and shit make all their money and Dropkick Murphys. And same with like the fall season. That's when like fucking AFI and Alkaline Trio and Misfits and all that. It's like it's our fucking time to shine. Fucking all the goths come out. <laughs> but it was just uh, last year that uh, I fell in love with this song and like. Uh, this song translates really well on just the acoustic guitar and covering it vocally. It just sounds, it, it could, this song could easily be an acoustic song in my opinion. I know it's a fast song, but just it's the vocal melody, which translates it like that because just the first word is why you turned out the way you did, but the first word is why. And I feel like I've never heard someone sing a melody of the word why just like in this song it's just like the opening word is a melody in itself and it's insane his vocal well that and i think that's one of the highlights of the songs is right away it's one of his best vocal deliveries because yeah he just fucking right away that whole why and he gives such emotion to it and like the the other thing like like you were bringing up too it's uh and kind of go back for a second as well you kind of have me thinking of a few different things with the song now but like I, I think going to the lyrics too about ones where they should be cheesy but they're good. It's the same thing where like in the second one where like why you turned out the way you did someone or no for him someone somewhere dropped me on my cranium. What a great like when I like the day I was yeah. born the doctor dropped me dropped me on my fucking head basically is what I always take that as and I'm like it paints a picture in your head. It should be cheesy but it's amazing. There's lines like that again where it's just like. And, and oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. You are absolutely right about the acoustic thing. I play this song constantly on acoustic guitar because when you strip it down, it's kind of haunting. Because going back, the the driving thing of this song is the bass. So if you just play this on acoustic, like in the choruses, you're basically going back to like A, G flat, like A, G flat. You're playing like two chords. It's kind of sad, like the chord progression. It's this like real kind of, it has a melancholy vibe if you slow it down. But like there's a few, like Alkaline Trio songs in general, but really Matt Skiba songs where I go, they almost like, they really like, like stand out if you play them acoustically because you start to hear those lyrics and go, like you really, the genius of him, like, because it starts to pop out. You don't you don't have all the other music around it. You have it you have it stripped down bare bones to a couple chords in those lyrics and it's haunting with like the yeah, like the why you turned out the way you did and just the and the, the thunderstorm crashing in your cranium. Another one where it's yeah. like, what a great fucking line. 
Like, you know, and, and again, so burning the dress you wore to senior prom. Well, that's where it gets to the mystery. That's what I love about that song. It's yes, it's about I mean, I, I take it. It's about a girl a relationship and, you know, shit not working out. But the whole like the whole try to forget how you've been touched, the 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 whole dress thing, the senior prom. Like there's all this different shit where it's like, what is like there's more going on? You know what I mean? Like and even the steamer trunk, the whole the whole thing. Then when you put it together, it has that darkness of an Alkaline Trio song. Because you think of the steamer, your secret safely packed away up in my steamer trunk. Like, it's that fucking evilness of Matt Skiba. Like, I don't know what the fuck's in it. I don't know what's in that steamer trunk. Uh, it, But it's like... That, Dude, that's... He, the song is just like building up mystery. Because, right? Because uh, to me, I interpret the song, you know, yeah, he dated someone. But like, they did something fucked up. But, like, he doesn't feel like he needs to shed light on that because, you know, he doesn't really want to hurt them because, I, I don't know. So it's like your secret safe with me up in my steamer trunk, you know? Like, that's kind of what I get from it. Like, someone hurt him, but, like, he's not going to expose them. I feel like it shows both sides, too, because I feel like you have one verse where he's talking about that person and their flaws and, like, how you've been defined. But like, that's kind of the first verse is you – it's a person who's been defined by something. Something's happened. It's kind of talking about them. But then he goes to the second verse and he talks about his flaws and his shit. You know what I mean? Like there's kind of two sides to it that he's that he's talking about. He starts off with the other person and, you know, the thunderstorm in their head and shit. And then the next one, you know, the, the second verse is more of criticism on himself and, you know, th- like things about him, him reflecting on himself, which I think is, uh, is really cool. Uh, another line I like – and I, I, for the longest time, I had it fucked up, but I thought it was a great line the way I was hearing it. But uh, my, my short-term memory is gone, but my long-term is far from dead, I think it is, is the correct line, which I think is fucking great. And for years, I thought he was saying, my short-term memory is gone, but my lungs are far from dead. And I thought he was singing about smoking weed for just that. I didn't think the song was about smoking weed, but I just thought that line, I, I heard my short-term memory is gone, but my lungs are far from dead. And I'm like fucking skiba singing about smoking weed there but i was wrong yeah but i like the maybe that's what's in the steamer lyric. trunk just a whole lot of fucking uh, weed no. oh man that's what this song's I, about i think, i i actually i like that line it's like it kind of just says you know i'm not gonna you know dwell on like what you're fucking doing to me but i won't forget it it, it does shed light more on what the song is about because you're right with that. It, it's that really like, like I'm going, I'm going to forgive you or we're going to move on, but I'm not going to forget this kind of a forgive, but not forget kind of thing. Like, like, exactly. d- like, I don't, think don't think I'll, yeah. Like, don't think I'll forget this down the road. Like this, the memory of whatever it is. Cause the whole song's kind of about retrospective anyway. Like the whole, even that, like the senior prom and all that shit, I kind of think of it as like. You know, I mean that during during that that song, I mean Skiba, they all would have been in like their mid twenties or whatever. So it's like I don't think they're talking about it in the perspective of someone like still in high school. This is years later. This is like this is talking about years and years later, and that's why I still think it's about. I don't know if someone was defined. You know, like something happened. Someone was defined by something. Someone got fucked over. Someone fucked someone over. I don't really know what, but it's a lot of dwelling on the past. I think in the uh the song from what i get and i also think that line kind of uh goes along with that uh theory 
but I don't know anything uh, else. Actually, we really haven't, Kyle. I guess I guess we haven't gotten to you yet. Uh, your your uh, thoughts on Steamer Trunk? Yeah, I I really like this song. It, it's not in my top like fifteen songs by any means. I still really like it. The one, the two things I I, I like. One is yeah, the 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 way the intro kicks in, just straight so good, like, straight riffing. But then as soon as that why comes in, everything just drops and it gets super chill. And that's why when you guys are saying it sounds good as like an acoustic song, that right there defines it right there because it, it goes from such a fast, like loud part to something so like quiet and it brings the level down. And like you would say, it would be so haunting if, uh, if that was just strictly an acoustic song and it sounds so good. I, I, I've never played it on guitar, but I feel like that's what it'd be like. Oh, it and does. I, I have also, it. It sounds haunting as fuck. Yeah. And then the other thing is back when like I first had like this CD, it was just a burned CD. And back in the day, like most of the time it was either you had every song named or it was just called track one, track two, <laughs> track three. And I remember not knowing the name of the song at the time, but I always misheard a lyric for the longest time up until probably about like 2008, 2009. I always thought he's not steamer trunk, not steamer trunk, but cement trunk, <laughs> which I always thought was such a darker line in my head because if you go like the way I interpreted the song was very much like, uh, it's like all this shit that this, like this girl's been put through, like what they've been through. And then when you says the, the line, your, your darkest secret, uh, uh, safely packed away in my cement truck trunk. So I thought like, he, I thought in the end it was the, a song was about, like basically how he ended up like killing the girl and the secret is locked away in a cement trunk, which that's what her body is. You know what? The, the basically the funniest thing about yeah. that is with some bands, you would go, well, that's absurd. But the thing with alkaline trio, that's yeah. not absurd at all. It's not, <laughs> that's not and crazy at all. To think. On, and the fact that it's on this album, you know, from here to infirmary and like all the, all of like the imagery and the lyrical content that's on this album that kind of it, it fits that that story almost. Well, you have me thinking. You know? I, I think it's it might be the Twilight Zone. There's an episode where like they they were like in a basement and and basically this is this is what I'm getting. What you're saying is like in the wall. Like they bury someone in the wall and just put cement over it. Like you just either you murder them or you bury them alive. Basically, like just in cement like that. Like. There now you're stuck in a wall or in the floor. I think it, it was either mm-hmm. Twilight Zone that may even be like a fucking like I don't know Edgar Allan Poe poem or some shit. But like that, like as you're saying that, I'm conjuring up a bunch of thoughts. So it's like again, totally makes sense. Like totally like like goes like oh that kind of the line. I don't think it's that different from the line that I was the whole short term memory and lung thing. I'm like I mean it kind of makes sense for an alkaline trio song. Even what I was hearing, I'm like it makes sense in my head. I'm like, that doesn't sound far fetched. Yeah. That sounds like a Matt Skiba line. Yeah. So it, you, you would, it'd be funny to see like what my face was when I was actually like, 
actually like syncing up all the the songs and like looking it up and being like, what is what is what what's steamer trunk? And then I got to listen to the song. I'm like, oh wait, do they say that line in the song? And then I'm <laughs> lo- looking for it, and I'm like, oh, I've been singing this wrong all along, but it still makes sense. <laughs> Fucking classic. Um, I mean, anything else to add to this one, or uh, if not, we not can then we can uh, move on here, Kyle. You can you can give us your uh, number three favorite Alkaline Trio song now. Number three uh, is. Uh, well, I've, well, okay. Yeah. I'll just say it now. It is hell. Yes. Hell. Yes. Hell. Yes. Yeah. I give and, a hell. Yes. to hell. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, now this song and the way I'm describing it in the way it related to my life is going to take a really weird turn on how like the storytelling is. Did you, did you but, join like, the church of Satanism? No, but <sighs> The the whole I like the whole thing behind this song is just really interesting to when I heard it. And I heard the song in about two thousand and two. And this wasn't too long after tech like technically speaking, uh after and a weird thing to bring up again, nine eleven. <laughs> How'd I know? It's like my because, spidey senses like, went off. Yeah. Well, and not getting too weird about it. I don't want to go in all that detail, but after nine 11, I really had a loss of faith in just religion as a whole. And, and it was just a really weird time in my life as like an eighth grader. Cause it's like right at a pivotal point of like, you know, definitely. Uh, yeah. Going through, you know, puberty and all that stuff and like kind of figuring out who you are in life. And Dude, so, you could have babysat yeah. me. Right. I was maybe, in kindergarten when that happened. <laughs> But so, so that happened. And then within that year, um, I heard hell yes. And I remember listening to that song over and over. And it's not that like all of a sudden I was like a Satanist and I believed in Satan, but that was kind of me kind of coming to terms that like, maybe I'm just not a religious person. And maybe this is kind of the anthem for me. And even though like, I don't believe in Satan either. Like it's the idea of like, there is nothing for me. And this song kind of made me really understand that. But besides all that shit, man, Hey, I want to pause, man. There's something for you, whether it's religion or something, there's something for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm never going to like, I'm not, I'm never going to like, we're, talking, we're turning someone. this podcast into a self-help group for Kyle. I know kidding. I can tell <laughs> Jesus it's fucking direction you're taking it. My but, God. But, but that's why I say it's going to get in a really weird direction because this no, was actually very important. It was very important yeah. in the way I viewed my life after that. Definitely. Like it was a you. very, it, it, it was very, uh, it had a heavy influence on the rest of my life. But like, I don't, I'm not going to tell and yell at someone that like your religion's wrong. I'll never do that. I'm always willing to listen, but that was just where my mind was at that moment. And this song brought me to that conclusion. And I still believe like those beliefs now I'm just more open-minded about it. But this song, like it's like the guitar intro, you know, super just chill. And to the point where, like, you don't really know where that song's going to go. Like, usually an Alkaline Trio-like song, 
usually starts off with some really big energy. And this has a really just kind of slow build with that like very like light guitar riff. It's kind of clean and then too. It kicks in. Yeah, and it kick even when it kicks in, it's not heavy, it's not hard. It's still kind of it's just it's just like the same tempo, it's just turned up a little bit. And then like the the song never really peaks. It kind of hits like this plateau, but in a really like a really good way. And the storytelling in it, whether it's a belief of yours or not, I feel like it's really cool because it's about a person who really is lost in their life. And they, you know, they had religion and they felt like that religion was failing them. And then they found something else that gave them that kind of satisfaction that they were looking for. And that was kind of me. Like I felt lost. And then I found something that helped me get through the things that I needed to in my life at that time. And not saying that if that song didn't exist, nothing would have happened, but it definitely helped guide me to a point where I am now. And that song very much was a huge factor in that. So the re- like the song is just on here just because it, it did so much for my life, whether it's a good song or not, it doesn't really matter. It is a good it's, song. It's a great song. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great, a great song. song. I, yeah, it was I also thought... all my top five, so I got to scrub another one. Uh, but <laughs> no lie, this is oh, really nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, you guys just have good music taste. I'm glad that our our songs overlap because it just shows that like we all have good we taste have in music. Taste. Yeah, we all have good taste. Or in shit. Songs, really. Or we all have terrible. Or shit. And... Or we all like the worst fucking songs in the world. <laughs> and the only the last thing I kind of want to just bring up really quick is that. This song, technically, even though it's on the Remains like compilation album, it is a From Here to Infirmary era song. So I never, this is what I was going to ask you guys over the text message was like how we all kind of collectively agree for the most part that From Here to Infirmary is like our favorite trio album. I like where this is going and I I think I know, I think I know what you're going to ask and I like where this is going. Continue. yeah, but do we consider Remains an album? Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I... Yeah, because Remains, for the most part, when it comes to my top 15 songs, Remains is all over it. But it's all B-sides, and it's all like, you know, songs that weren't good enough for records or like they were on compilations or whatever. Like, And they put it together. I consider it an album because every song on there is really fucking good, and the fact oh, yeah, that they didn't make it onto other, the fact that they didn't make it onto the albums that came out at that time is a travesty. But I'm glad they made this release because some of these songs are just too good to not be heard. Well, I would, I, I would... think. Oh, go ahead. Dude. Sorry, man. I think that they should have swapped out Stupid Kid and put in Hell Yes because they kind of have similar major keys and like, you know, and I don't want to say... Wait, can I stop you there? Because, can, yeah. can, can I ask you, where would, would you replace it though on the, the record? In the, in the same spot. In the same spot? See, I think that yeah. would sound weird as fuck. Nah. Because what I thought, honestly, Kyle, what I thought you were going to say before you said if we consider it an album... I thought you were going to, do you think this song should have opened from here to infirmary? I actually thought you were going to go with, could you have seen this as an open? Because it's it's a good album opener for Remains. And I, for some reason, mm-hmm. thought that's where you were going. I was totally fucking wrong, but I thought that's well, where you're going with this. And, and, and it's not too far off because when uh, 
when I got like my iPod and I was organizing all this stuff um, and like naming certain songs that didn't have song titles for some reason, like I had hell yes, but on my, uh, like on my download, it automatically put it as the first track on from here to infirmary. So oh, really? It was a very long time that I thought it was the opening song of the album. That's f- dude. I, I think I've told you so this before. I thought it went, so I thought it went to hell. Yes. And then went to private eye. And then once I realized it was on remains, like I realized it was on remains when I was playing it on Spotify, like a few years back. That's how I realized it. Cause then I was like, Oh shit, my iPod's been wrong all these years. <laughs> how did it sound when it was like that to you? Did it sound weird or did that sound like a good sequence? Hell yes. Into private. I was very, honestly, I was very used to it. So I never thought of it as anything weird. Like I just, like when I listened to the album, it just always came first and then went into private eye. I didn't think anything much else of it because it was just like, Oh, I really like this song. I really like this song. So it just seemed normal, but I never really thought about it until just now. The more I think about it, the more I go, I don't know that I would mind. I think Hell Yes almost might be a good opener and then uh, Private Eye into track two. I, I, that actually may be a really good uh, one-two punch for actually like that. Go, going back, though, I want to for a second, like you were talking about with, with uh, Remains. I mean, I'm no different than you guys, but it's so funny because I was going to say my only rhyme or reason I also consider an album, and the only rhyme or reason I really have for considering it is basically what you guys said. The B sides are so fucking good that you just go, This is, I listen to this like an album. Because so many times bands will release like singles and rarities like in a collection and they're just not good. Like, I'm not going to name names, but there was a band this year who a few months ago put out a uh, like B sides, rarities kind of thing. And I was so excited for it. And then I listened to it and I'm like, Oh, there's a reason these were all B sides and unreleased. Like, so many bands will put that shit out and it's worth like, a one-time listen, you check it out because you're a fan of the band. You know, it's like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll listen to it. Like, you know, one, you know, it's like I just want to hear some other songs. This one stands up on its own. And the other crazy thing is because of their from, even though on Remains it's all from different eras of the band, they all mesh so well together that it does the, still yeah, feel like se- an album. The sequencing on it is so good, you wouldn't think of it as a compilation. No, because they're, I mean, they're so spread out in time. I mean, again, there's songs on there that definitely have Skiba's weird voice, yet it all still works. And actually, he has a few on there that, uh, even with his voice kind of as weird as it is, are uh, fairly strong songs um, from from the eras that they come from. They're like some of his uh, better ones when his voice was kind of weird like that. But I I do think, though, it it does start out, I think the, the the whole album is great, Remains, but I think those first few songs in particular are just like, holy fuck, just nonstop. Just the same with From Here to Infirmary, where it just keeps hitting you nonstop. Like, every song is as good as the last. Yeah. And and I kind of, I, I, I just want to throw this in, too. Like, what you're talking about, like, your connection with it and everything. Even though Alkaline Trio, I, I, I think even though they never became household names the reason they got as big as they did and be had such a cult following at the time probably is for the same reasons that you were talking about why you like this song because you do if you put into perspective i mean they were around pre 9 11 but if you think around the time of good morning from here to infirmary all that you have 9 11 you have the iraq war and you you have kids who are you know around your age and pop punk is a big thing and everything and you have this band who 
it's the other side of pop punk. It's not the everything's going to be all right. It's not the just kind of the sugary side of like Blink-182 where it's just love songs and stuff. It is songs about questioning your faith. There are songs about fucked up things. You know, I mean, we were just talking about like Steamer Trunk, like fucked up things that happen to people. Like there there are circumstances and there are things. I mean, look at Remains. You got Warbrain later on. I mean, that's a... I mean, I don't, I don't know how political it is. I always think it is because it was on Rock Against Bush, but I don't know that it's a total, uh, like, super political song. But it's like, I do think they were kind of an answer at that time, even though maybe not mainstream-wise. I think a lot of people around your age were probably connecting with them in that same way where it's like, the world's kind of more fucked up than I thought it was, and here's a band that's not like, oh, let's turn our heads and pretend that the world's not fucked. No, this band is like, kind of embracing it, kind of embracing the fucked up parts of our world or, you know, even just human emotion or heartache or, you know, I think they also are more, they look inward. Like I was saying earlier, like, like Dan writes a lot of songs where I think he's kind of self-deprecating, but it's like Matt too. A lot of their songs, if you look, they're writing about how they fucked up. They're not really writing about how like someone else fucked up or how, how it was someone else's fault. It's very much like, this is what I did. Like, this is my flaw. This is me. Like as a person, and I, I think that connects with people because you go like like and it's it's my same disappointment with like you know Matt Skiba's role in Blink One Eighty Two and just the like mindless lyrics because I go this guy's amazing at this this guy like knows how to like at a personal level connect with people like even though he's writing yeah. songs that are like full of dark imagery and shit people still relate them and connect them to their own like you're talking about dude like he wrote a song about Satanism and Anton Lavey and shit. And like you can relate to it, you as a teenager could still relate to it and find where that like connected in your life. You know what I mean? It could still yeah, do something absolutely. for you. And that that goes back to that takes a talent. Like Zach, here here's your next here's your next thing. After you go write whatever I said earlier. Oh, Private Eye. After you go write your punk rock song about private investigators and make it good. Now go now go write a song about Anton Lavey and the Church of Satan. And make it good. Don't make it cheesy. Like make make it make it a uh, uh, no pun intended a cult classic, and just really, <laughs> you know, like just a classic fucking song. Like that's again like Skiba. You got to give credit to them. Like writing songs like this in a way that like like going back to the Misfits too, and then, then we can get on to what you guys sing a song as well. But like the Misfits with them, they have that dark imagery and that side of Elfline Trio. But they're not relatable. Like you don't listen to the Misfits to relate to the songs. To go, the, you know, like if I'm feeling down, I and mean, you might listen to it because it cheers you up because they're great fucking songs. But like I'm not listening to Teenagers from Mars and like pulling out of like a lot of relatable lines. Whereas Alkaline Trio, even though they were influenced by that and Danzig and all that, the imagery and shit sure is in their lyrics. But there's another side to it. You know, there's there's more there. It's not just on the surface level. There's like a lot more more meaning that has to be there because if not, you just have songs about like weird ass things like vampires and the devil. <laughs> you know, but I I don't know any anything else on uh, this song for you guys. I mean, it's a great it's a great fucking song. I'm ashamed. I got to say, I have no B sides in my top five, but it was very hard not to. I mean, if we were doing top ten, I would say most of my most of the ones in the top ten are probably off remains. I I, I feel the same way about the whole album. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I will have to say, uh, since I took Hell Yes out of my top five, if we did a top <laughs> ten, 
both Warbrain and Hell Yes would be in there. Yeah, Warbrain. Warbrain's a really good one. I mean, I, I, well, I'm not going to go down. I was about to just start naming off all the good songs on on fucking Remains. There, there's there's too many. But uh, Warbrain's music. I will have to say this: the music behind Warbrain sounds way too. It, it's very. It sounds it's a weird. very melancholy song, dude. It sounds happy, and then the opening line is, "I can't go on." Well, you know what I think part it's of it like, is, though? It sounds like summertime. It's like Blink-esque. Starry-esque. No. no. Yeah, man. No, I, oh, I yeah. don't... Opening, see, now I don't agree with that. Listen to that. The little noodly. Oh, I know what you're high, talking about. On the high strings. Yeah, it, it's very... It, it sounds like both but no, uh, Matt Watts and Tons Along have played that riff. But let me ask you this, because what I think it is is less of the riff itself... I truly think it's the production because it's a later era one. And I think that song needs like the balls of like, even like from here to infirmary, like production. And I don't think it has it. Like, I think the guitar needs a lot more distortion on it. I th- I just think things need to be more beefed up. I-, I think it sounds weird. I always feel like, like that riff is missing something and it's, it's distortion because he's, he's just playing notes. So it's like, it's kind of clean and it just doesn't fit with the kind of more aggressiveness of the drums and bass. But I think if it was just, if you had more distortion behind it, basically, and you just brought it up more in the mix, I think it would sound better. Like I think live, it's, I don't know if you ever heard them play it live. They did play it. I think once, I think when I, when they co-headline with newfound glory, they pulled out a couple songs that I was not expecting at all. And I want to say Warbrain was one of them. If it wasn't there, they played it at one show. I saw and uh, I think I think it translates even better live, and I think they kind of fix the guitar a little more. I think it, it has it has that energy to it that it that the recording doesn't have that I think the song as a whole does have that just you don't you don't hear until you you hear it live. But that, that's just what, that's just what I think. Yeah, I think it I think it's better live. I mean, I like it the way it is, but I don't think that recording's great. I don't. I, I think it could be beefed up a lot more, and I think that's more of the problem than the uh, actual riff that he's playing. But no, Warbrain, Warbrain fucking rules. Actually, actually, while we're while we're on it, Zach, I guess it would be yeah, it'd be your turn. That that was My your turn. song. Yeah, because that was your song, Kyle, that you so rudely stole from Zach. And oh, uh, uh, you stole a song <laughs> from me too. Well, yeah, it's called deflecting. It's called deflecting, Zach. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I also I stole a song from him last time too. So oh, that's it's right, the blink, the blink one. Was that yeah, the last yeah. time? Sure doesn't have a yeah, and uh, I don't think it. It might have actually been the last time. Um, that we had an overlap. Alkaline trio. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it was. Don't tell me that it's over. That's right. <laughs> but um, alkaline trio doesn't have a blowjob song, so I'm out of luck. So I had to come up with backups that yeah. you're aware of. <laughs> it's on the next I remains. Hope. It's on. It's I on their second so. B side one. It's. It's Honestly, only. It's probably a banger. I, I bet Matt Skiba just writes really like weird one-off songs that he never shows anyone. Well, because actually, as a writer, you're always writing. All these songs are up for interpretation, and I think every Alkaline Trio song is about oral sex. There's not. <laughs> there's not one that's not about oral sex. Actually. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, moving okay. on. <laughs> okay, well, my is it my number three? Yeah, my number three is off of uh, maybe I'll catch fire, and it is the opening track. I have a thing for opening tracks. It's called "Keep 'Em Coming," 
And the reason I like this song is, honestly, I don't like the guitar tone initially because it opens up with guitar and it's kind of like piercing. I feel like they really corrected the guitar tone on uh, From Here to Infirmary. Yeah, I don't love, Um, I don't, not, not to interrupt you, but yeah, the guitar on like all of Maybe I'll Catch Fire, I don't love. I don't feel, I think you're right. They improved a lot on the next one. I don't. I don't feel like his guitar like the tone. music's good. Like, yeah, it's good the music. The chord structures are good, but like the tone is yeah. not it. Tone-wise, it's nothing that you uh, really want to go for. I would even say I like the guitar tone on God Damn It more than I like it on uh, Maybe Ooh, I'll Catch no. Fire. It's even worse, man. It's you even think worse. so? <laughs> I like I the sloppiness of that one. I yeah, like the see, sloppiness. I just don't think the guitar. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah, no, no. God Damn It, like, it's just a straight-up punk rock album. Like, it's you know the the tone isn't great, but like that's the charm pop, of like it. What though. truly punk rock album is, but like maybe I'll catch fire. I feel like for them on that album, that's like where they were starting to find really what their tone and their style was. That's where they're getting glimpses of what Alkaline Trio has become. That's where it starts. Well, it does meet the gap of where they were at God Damn It to where they went from here to Infirmary and on. Like it definitely does bridge that gap of like. And I love God Damn It, but I also realize that it's like a young, scrappy punk band. And, you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of hastily recorded and everything. But, like, it, that's the charm of it, in my opinion. That's why I love it. But I, I do think that, like, them becoming that solidified cult classic band that everyone knows and loves. Yeah, I think uh, Maybe I'll Catch Fire is kind of that, like, bridge into them becoming, like, really, really fucking good. And also as a trio, because God Damn It is very much a Matt Skiba record. Like that record, in my opinion, even though Dan's on it, I think that was their first release. Or no, Dan was on the self-titled too. But like, he's not all over. God damn it! I very much feel like in that, I would say Matt Skiba was the lead singer, and Dan was kind of like backing vocals. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't at that time a uh, equal like fifty-fifty kind of thing. I think it was very much Matt Skiba's the singer, and Dan has like two songs on on the record, kind of uh, kind of deal. But go, going back to it anyway, Zach. back to keep them coming, but then the bass is the redeeming factor where it's like, it's almost like, it's like a jogging bass line. I don't know how to describe this it. Is that, like, this is the formula. This is, this is what I'm talking about with Alkaline Trio songs. He's doing this movement. He's moving all around that bass. He's not playing root notes. Like He's playing all this shit. Skiba's playing a very repetitive like octaves and power chord thing, and I'm not talking shit on him. But he's doing more what the bass tends to do. Like, I look at it this way. If it was Blink-182, Matt is doing what Mark does on bass. And, it, well, and maybe this isn't good because Tom's not, like, doing crazy shit on guitar. But, I mean, Dan's basically playing the lead. Dan's bass is the lead on songs. That is what drives the songs. Skiba plays very simple, like, you know, and we talked about earlier how he's very good at that, where he'll play something very simple, but it sounds really good. And that's what he does, I think, a lot of times in songs. He'll play three chords. It's like Green Day. Green Day is another one. It, it happens a lot in trios, I think, where go look at a Green Day song. It's harder to play the bass most of the time. The bass is way harder to play on most Green Day songs than guitar because guitar is like three power chords over and over again, which, again, nothing wrong with them, but that's that's the dynamic. And I think that's that's the secret to some of the best Alkaline Trio songs, too. And I think that's what you have on this one is a case of that. The bass the bass going all around and the guitar just kind of playing in the pocket, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I do like 
the way the bass kind of solves the Timmy guitar sound for sure. Um, but I also really like this song because it's a great opening song. And, you know, I said I like opening tracks, but it also, it also references my favorite cocktail, which is a Bloody Mary. So obviously. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. I don't think I've ever had a Bloody yeah. Mary. Well, that's sad. Um, but Wait, isn't there tomato I mean, juice a- in it? I don't like tomato yeah. juice. You don't like tomato juice? Nah, I don't think I'd like it. Not, not that this has anything to do with the song, but no. Just for the, just for everyone listening out there, if you were wondering, no, I don't think I'd like a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, they're <laughs> decent, though. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, just another song that is just kind of, you know, it's just a great song and, you know, great lyrics as well. It, it does set the mood, I think, well for that record. I think it's a good... And it's kind of different than the other ones. Like, even though it speeds up at times, I don't feel like it's their most like high energy right out of the bat, like like opener. Like, I don't think I think as far as high energy goes, I I think it's far from their most high energy opener. But I think for the vibe of maybe I'll catch fire and what comes along with it, I think it works really well. The other thing I think we talked about this earlier: songs and how they go with like song, you know, with sequencing and how some songs work better because they complement what comes next and stuff. I think this album is great with the one-two punch where the energy, while there is energy on uh, on track one, I think Madam Me is where they punch you in the fucking face. Like, they really get you going. They start, they start with Keep Them Coming, and it's a good song, but that real buildup is track two. Right at the end of that, right when he comes in with the fucking, like, that, like, the mute or whatever, that, you know, just that scratching on the guitar and then going into it, like I, I think the one-two punch of those two songs are fucking great. And maybe I'll catch fire is a great record. It's not my, it may be like my fourth favorite Alkaline Trio record. It's 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 not even my favorite, but I think uh, I think it's a solid record for what it is. And I, I think at times, actually at times, I think some of their darkest too. With uh, I mean, keep them coming, not so much. Keep them coming's kind of a it's a sad song, but it's less dark. It's more of that like. I feel like that one's more straightforward about what it what it's uh what it's about. That one just seems kind of more unhappy with your life and uh you know just just misery and fucking uh keeping them coming basically. Just fucking drinking. That's why that's why he, you know, the the bloody mary references and all that, but good good song, good song. Uh Kyle, Kyle any, any anything from you for this one? Uh I with kind of repeating what Zach said. It was like it's a great opener. I love the song as an opener. I think it's really good, but it doesn't do the standalone thing for me. Like if I'm just listening to this song and nothing else before it or after, it doesn't really hit the spot. Or if I have it on shuffle, unless the sequencing's good, I can't really listen to this song on its own. But if I'm putting on the album, I have to play this first to just like, start it off right. See, I'm kind of I and I I may like the song more than you do standalone, but I am with you with that where I'm like, I need Madam Me after that. I need I need a specific song. Cause if I was to put this on shuffle and this song just came on like after a certain one and then after it came like a song off, say like Agony and Irony or something, I don't feel like it would hit the same way. Like I need it exactly. I need to know I, I'm very much with you with that, where it's like I need to know where it's going next. And everything where there's other songs like Private Eye. Private Eye is one where I feel like Private Eye just works. You know, like like that. Like you were uh you were you were probably so stoked when they uh 
did that live and you were okay just hearing private eye when, when he did that with a day to remember, like you don't need to hear the next one. You're like that song by itself is just a fucking classic. Like if you're going to cover an opener, Mm -hmm. do that one. If you're just going to play one song. Yeah. I want to say just on this song, uh, I guess I know I said the thing about bloody Marys. That was kind of goofy, but I do love bloody (laughs) Marys and and it's a reason I like this song, but probably the biggest reason I like this song besides for that, the music's just pretty good in general is that, I love the symbolism where it's talking about, you know, the red of Bloody Mary's more yellow than the sky. I'm pretty sure he references like a, a deeper blue. Yeah, I think you're right. A thicker red. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really like the yeah. symbolism in the lyrics, like at those points. No, nah, it's a it's a, a good song. And I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, again, I kind of I do got to say I kind of I uh, side with with Kyle in, in terms of that good song, but like works best and even better song when it, when it's like, you know, it, it's part of a, of a greater good. And that greater good is maybe I'll catch fire, <laughs> but, but, uh, I don't, I don't know sure. anything else on this one or shall I, uh, reveal the big fucking reveal of my number three favorite. Let's see your number three. Mine, mine. Let's hear your trio. Oh fuck yeah, dude! So I went way back on this one, and uh, but also still, I think in some ways, kind of the same reason why you like uh, keep them coming. I think a lot of the same kind of lyrical content. But I went way back with my friend Peter. Um, that one off yes. off the self titled. Yes. yes, this song to me is one of their first great songs. Like this is if I'm listening to early alkaline trip, like 97, I think is the first song they ever wrote, which is insane. I mean, it's like blink One Eighty Two. Their first one was carousel. It's crazy to me that those are their first songs. And I'm almost hundred percent sure. 97 is their uh, very first song, but like, that's a great song, but there's a lot of okay songs early in their career. But when you get to my friend, Peter, I mean, this is the first like inkling that this is a band. That's going to be really fucking special. Like really early on. The energy just right away. This song, if you want to talk about like just fucking pure energy and why I like my fast alkaline trio songs, right away it's no nonsense. The octaves, which become a you know a Matt Skiba like calling card, are his octaves. I mean, I think every song that we've referenced so far on this show or of our favorite alkaline trio songs, all of them have fucking octaves. He plays octaves in everything, and this is like the beginning of it. And uh, also, I mean, I love Jawbreaker. It has a uh, definitely has a Jawbreaker vibe. I could see this as a Jawbreaker song. I would even say a little Green Day, maybe like like fat, maybe like maybe Dookie era. I guess somewhere in there, maybe even Lookout Records era. I would say you can kind of hear. And I don't think it sounds straight up like Green Day, but you hear. Uh, I think you can hear some influence in there of uh, Green Day and Jawbreaker and like Bay Area like punk bands and uh, just the blunt and brashness of the lyrics. I mean, I, I think like it's just so is as good as Skiba is about doing metaphors and this and that this song's nothing about that. This song's just trying to forget about a girl. Just like, I don't care who you're sleeping with these days. I don't care who you're eating with these days yet. You still do. I mean, that's the other thing of the song is like, you don't care, but you do cause you're writing a whole song about it. And also just the whole, I mean, Maybe it's because in 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 normal life I just talk like a pirate just naturally, but like the overuse of fucking this yeah, song. Yeah, you do swear like. Oh, a I swear man. like a fucking pirate, but like that's just how I talk. I just talk like that just naturally, and it's like 
in this song, the way he, I mean, he says, fuck, like anytime I play this song on the radio show, I have to listen to the whole thing. Cause I know I'm going to miss one of the fucks. Cause I know he says it like five or six <laughs> times, but like, it's not overused. It doesn't sound cheesy. Like he gives you the, I'll drink 23 more to sweat, to wipe this stupid smile off my fucking face. Like what a great line. Like just this really, it's almost like he's not even trying to write. Like I listened to the lyrics of this song I don't even feel like he was trying to write poetry or lyrics. It's like he's just writing lines to someone. It's almost a like the lyrics almost write to a letter that he wrote to a scorned ex. Like that's really like what it sounds like. And also the sing-along ability to it. Like when you hear this song live, you want to lose your sh- every time I've seen him play this song live, you're just you're losing your shit like the whole just that break before they go into the chorus and everything, the beginning with the first snare hit like Everything about this song is made for a live show to be jumping around, fucking screaming along to the words, just like right before it kicks into the chorus, like everything about it. And just so simple too. you can learn this song in about two seconds on bass or guitar. It's it's like it's so simple. There's nothing crazy about it. It's all pure energy. And it's also a song that I, I think production is something we've talked about on here. And a second ago we were where I said, like, God damn it. What I love about it is the it is rough around the edges. There is. But it's like there's energy to it. There is a there is a feeling that they didn't record that to a click track that uh, they did kind of record it live in a room that maybe, you know, Matt wasn't tuning his guitar before every like take and like shit like that. And I, and I love that about it. And I think the same with this. I think if you had a song like My Friend Peter and you put this later on on a more produced record, I don't think it would have worked. I don't even I don't even know that this song could have worked on like maybe I'll catch fire. It might have worked like on God Damn It, but I think after maybe God Damn It, I don't think this song would have ever worked for them again. But it but where it's at, the sound of it, the energy, I mean it's just I have it written right here. It just says pure energy. Simple song, but the fast pace is what really makes it. And that's exactly true. There's nothing crazy going on. Um, there are a few cool little bass things Dan does do. He does do a little uh, doodling like in a few places, but like he's not doing it the whole song. It's not like a signature Dan bass line or anything like that. It's just pure energy, pure angst. You know what I mean? Like Matt's probably, they might be in their early 20s at most at this point in their career. And, uh, I mean, I, I just, I love this song. I, I love everything about it. Uh, Kyle, I mean, you gave a little audible earlier, which makes me think you enjoy this song. So, I mean, you, you got anything about this? Uh, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head on pretty much everything. This was another one of those songs that was like easily in like my top 15 and it easily could have jumped in my number five or number four spot. But it was just, you know, I was, you've seen the text messages of me trying to figure out these last two songs. It's an inner battle, it's, dude. It's oh, a dude, war yeah, in your head. definitely one of them. Uh, and it, yeah, it's so good. And the fact that it's, it's such an old song as far as like their catalog goes, but it still holds up. And like, you don't think of it as like an old trio song. At least I don't. No. Anytime I hear it, I still feel like it, it, not that it fits with any record because you're totally right. It kind of, it kind of sits in the era that it does. Very and time it and place. Shouldn't really move from there, but it's one of those, if I have like, again, I'm kind of going back to this. If I have it on shuffle, like 
I'll, I can never skip this song. The I lose my it shit. It's is, is real good. Yeah. I like, lose my shit. I this comes shit on. Oh my God. I, I, I lose it. I go, I, I turn it up like wherever I'm at. doesn't matter. I'm turning this fucking thing up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, this is a song like I'll restart if I pull into a parking lot somewhere and I'm yes. like halfway through it. I'll fucking restart it <laughs> just to give people a show. And the only other thing I want to say about this, because I don't know if it's actually true or not. It's one of those like, like maybe not lost in translation, but it's kind of like one of the rumors is that Peter is supposed to be one of the guys from uh, Less Than Jake. Oh, you know what? He the- is from Chicago. And I've heard that. I just don't know how true that is. I've never heard that. I've never heard that before, but that probably is 100% true because they did used to have, uh, I think he was the trombone player. He played one of the horns, but like he was one of the original members. Uh, Peter something. He he has kind of a long last name, but I've never heard that. I've always wondered who his friend Peter was, but that makes total sense because I think he was from Chicago and that would have, he was in Less Than Jake during the early days when Alkaline Trio would have been starting. So I totally, if you've heard that before, I bet that is the same Peter. Yeah, it may be, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, if that's right, then that's a fun little, like, link between, like, two bands that I really liked and something really goofy to kind of a little fun factoid for people. That, that, That line, too, though, even though we don't know who Peter is, you talk about relatability because everyone has a friend Peter. We don't know who Peter is, but your friend Peter who tells you what to do. You're talking about a break. Like it's whatever friend you're talking about when you're talking about a breakup or like someone you're getting over. Like that. Like yeah. everyone has a foot. Like it's so relatable. Like this song is. Their name may not be Peter, but they're definitely the Peter in this yeah. story. <laughs> they're metaphorically your your uh, or some you know symbolistically or whatever. They're. Uh, they yeah. are your friend Peter. And yeah, like again, this exactly. is this is one of those songs where it's not that's why it is very jawbreaker like because it's more like a like jawbreaker's like do you still hate me? It's a song like that where it's very straightforward. There's no metaphors. You know what this song's about. And it, it is interesting too, like you like you said, it's in a very interesting time in their career. It reminds me very much of Blink one eighty two, like like I was like I was just talking about, but like if you go back to like songs like on Buddha or even like Cheshire Cat, there's a handful of them that are really good where you go, you forget that they come from that era because you go, even though I like Buddha and Cheshire Cat, obviously it's juvenile and it's them starting, but there's a handful of songs in there that are yeah. just kind of teasing at where they're going. And that's what my friend Peter is. It's the same like like that that self-titled which I don't even think is considered a record. I think all those songs come from different it's, splits and stuff. I don't think that's their exactly, first record. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's considered like their first compilation. That's right. So like, like off that, like there are good songs, but I would say there's like a hand, like 97 cooking wine, my friend Peter. Um, I can't remember the name, but the, the very first song on it, take your wings outside. You can't fly in here is a, a pretty fucking solid one. And uh, also their cover of the cures exploding boy. Like they're, there's a handful of songs on there that really highlight. Like the rest of it's good, but it's like, like okay, it's not it's not the Alkaline True release that I'll throw on and listen to front to back. It's been a long time since I put that on and listened to it uh, the whole way through. But like, there's just a handful of songs you just go, my God! Like early on, like these are like some. And my friend Peter, not only is it an inkling of what they, you know, like a, a foreshadowing where they'd go. It, I mean, it's number three on my list, so it's like. 
it's one of their best songs right out the gate. I mean, they wrote one of their best songs, like, really early yeah. on, you know. But uh, I, Kyle, or not Kyle, I just asked you that. Zach, I mean, I don't, do you, uh, like, how do you feel about this song? How do you feel about this era? Like, do you listen to the really old, old shit? Or, like, you know, I would like to hear your take on it. Uh, I think Nose Over Tail is probably my favorite from this era. From Goddamn It? Um, That's a good one. Okay, yeah. I like my face-offs pretty decent, too. And I think my friend Peter is another one I've heard, but... Definitely nose over tail, and I lied my face off for sure. Or the two songs, actually, I tried listening to Southern Rock just because. Um, I like that of the one. Title, yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't understand it. Wait, have you have you <laughs> ever listened to God Damn It front to back? No. Oh, you so should I do that. No, you should definitely. I know there's do. like a whole documentary about it and everything. Well, no, well, I mean that that's it is. I watched it years ago. It's good, but I mean you should actually listen to it because th- I mean this song comes from before that. But God mm-hmm. damn it, even even if you don't like all of it, I would I would venture to say you would like at least half of it. I'd say there's at least five or six songs on there that would become some of your favorite Alkaline Trio songs. So if you've never listened to that, I would definitely say go back and invest some time. It, it, it's well worth checking out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Enjoy Your Day, too. Uh, if we're going off of, because I thought you were just talking about their self-titles. Uh, and I like, uh, is that not a good one for you? I just hung up, you guys. Because I said I'd hang up if anyone said that uh, Enjoy Your Day is a good song. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. Wait, sorry about that. One, one, one second. You Are you there, uh, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. So I guess everyone's here. That okay? Yeah, I think this is everyone, right? I can't think of uh, anyone else who should be here. Oh, I'm being a dick. Sorry. One second. I did said, you, I, did I, you hang? Yeah, I said I'd hang up on anyone who said "Enjoy Your Day" was a good song. <laughs> I'm a man of my I word. Laughing my ass off. <laughs> I'm a man of my word, except for now I can't find his name in my phone. I, I sabotage my own podcast for my own entertainment, you guys. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, is everyone? All right, is it? <laughs> I'm a man of my word. I said I'd hang up on anyone who said "Enjoy Your Day" was a good song, and I I'm a man of my word. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, oh. I figured oh, it was dramatic effect because Kyle started laughing. And then oh, I thought you did it on purpose. Did you not do that on purpose? Did you not? Do you genuinely think "Enjoy Your Day" is a good song, bro? It breaks up that album. That's really oh, garage. Oh yeah, I think I like it. It's a it's a refreshing song on that album. To be honest. All right, so uh, Zach, <laughs> you don't need to talk the rest of the episode, but uh, Kyle, man. <laughs> Uh, any anything Zach, else? I guess this is your last episode. Oh no! Isn't it ter- guys? Isn't it terrible that uh, that Zach died and everything? Oh, no. <laughs> isn't it terrible God. that he can't be on here anymore? <laughs> wow! That that, that terrible that terrible masturbatory jet skiing accident he was in, and now he can't be here anymore. <laughs> 
God. Who can forget the song that he lost his virginity to all those years ago? <laughs> oh, wow. wait. Were you listening? You must have been listening. <laughs> Where is the? Wow. You know what? Let's I was, keep that in that episode. I, I was about I was about to say where did this go, but then I remembered I'm the dickhead who hung up on everyone oh, a second ago. Joke. Yeah, sure it was. That wasn't even, that wasn't even a real. Sure. Joke. You guys are sure that. it was, dude. Shimmy shimmy quarter turn bitch. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um. I don't know any anything on this song. I feel like we've I feel like we've said everything. Uh, I, I I also wrote. I mean, I feel like this is a fan favorite. I feel like this one live. It's kind of also a nod though, because it is an old one, so it's a fan favorite. But there is still a, a good chunk of I think the audience who maybe don't know the song. So it's one of those ones where the the people in the crowd who know the song are gonna go fucking nuts. And I don't think. It, and if you don't know the song, then well, I think you're still gonna be stoked because you're like. Oh, that's a good fucking song. So just overall, very, very excellent Alkaline Trio song. Hope you're enjoying our top five Alkaline Trio songs with my buddies Zach and Kyle. Now, this one went really, really long, even to the point where Adobe Audition would not export the whole goddamn four hours altogether. So this is going to be an episode that we do cut in two pieces. Don't worry. Uh, part two will be out Wednesday. So you really only got to wait here a couple days. But uh, that will be out for your enjoyment. And you can hear our uh, our last, our top two on the next episode here of the podcast. But just wanted to jump in real quick. My apologies. Never know how long these are going to go. But yeah, this this ran long. So uh, already here at about two and a half hours. So we'll stop until the next one. But hope you're enjoying it. Follow us online at PowerCord Hour on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe and rate the uh, podcast. Would really appreciate that. Hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Would love to hear your favorite Alkaline Trio songs. And also hit me up. I have free PowerCord Hour stickers for you. But yeah, that'll be it. Stay tuned. Just a few more days. We will be back with uh, episode 64 here for you. Part two of our top five Alkaline Trio songs right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast.